and we're live. What the fuck is up? We're back at it again. Second episode of Crowcast. Um, here with me today is myself. You still don't have anyone else that's uh, jumping on here yet. This is going to be the format for a little bit, people. This is It's just going to be me sitting here talking shit for a while. Um, at that same time, I also don't have the same shit to talk as I did last time because last time I kind of came in with, with gusto, had an idea of what it was that I was going to be talking about. This week, I do not. But I'm determined to be able to get good at ranting with nothing in my head. Like, I don't already do that. I definitely do. Um, so yeah, uh, this past week, what have I done in this past week? Technically, it's been two weeks since I did the first episode. I meant to put out another one last week, and, um, I was spending too much of my time trying to, well, not too much of my time, but I've been having to work on a, a backlog of edits, um, with some of the streaming stuff that I've had, so... Yeah, I haven't, I didn't get the time last week to be able to do it. Um, I was having to reformat the formatting issue that I had made, um, on our hard drive that Abigail and I share. So that kind of fucked me up a little bit, but, um, oh, and I was struggling to get in this package that my mom sent over. She ordered me some HeroScape figures off of allthingsheroescape.com. That is a shameless plug because these guys are the fucking dopest people around to get OG Heroescape stuff. Look at this. I'm gonna show you. That's how, that's how pumped I am about it. Boom. You wanna know just how geeky I am? This is the kind of shit that gets me off, okay? Anyways, I've been, I've been waiting on this shit to come in. Look how small this box is. It's such a small box. You can see how fucked up it is. Only some of that's from me. We have been through the ringer trying to get this. Basically what happened was, Abigail's mom had tried to send her some stuff, like a, um, like a, a bouquet of flowers for her birthday, right? And because of where we're at, it's not like, I mean, I've seen the, you know, what, what they have as the post office, um, I've seen their vans come through here since then. And I wish I had seen that beforehand because maybe then I would have felt a little bit more confident getting it sent here. But we had problems at that time. We still didn't know what was going on with getting our Amazon order in with all of our filming equipment. Um, we still thought that it maybe had something to do with the shipping. And on top of that, Abigail's mom had had some problems trying to get this bouquet shipped out to her. And she did that from a, a place in France. So... She had had problems with that, and my mom had tried to send over some stuff um, as well, and both of them ended up getting sent back to the facility that they got sent out from in the uh, nearby city. So when I got this sent over, mom was ordering it from a, from, you know, the All Things Hero Escape website, and they said that they could ship internationally, I told her, I was like, I don't want it to, I don't want something to happen to where this goes through and uh, we don't have any problems with it, but then it can't get here and we got to go track down where it was, where it's at. Um, so instead, I got it sent to the nearest, it's called La Poste, is what is the 
post office chain. I got it sent to the nearest one, which is like a, I don't know, 15 minute drive or something like that. And uh, I put it under my name because I figured that's what you have to do, right? So that, so that someone knows when you go to pick it up who it's for. So it said it was delivering to Hunter Morningstar right at that address. And I still don't know exactly what happened, but it on the 28th of January, it said that it delivered. I went over there, because that was Saturday. I went over there two days later on a Monday. And the guy who owns that location, it, it's really just a drop point. It's not like a running location where they're getting orders in and sending stuff through or anything like that. He has a cafe that he runs, and then he also has that there, right? So it's a relatively small operation to say the least. And this motherfucker, I went over there. I'm like, at the time, we didn't have a French SIM card for, for the phone that we're using. And also made things more difficult because going over there and trying to speak extremely broken French while this guy speaks no English. Um, and I had no service on my phone to help me with some Google Translate. Um, I was struggling a bit, so I had some random Brit was walking his dog. I was like, hey, I, I tried to ask him if I could ask him a question in French. And he was like, uh, he asked me if I spoke English. I said, yeah, he's like, oh, I'm from England. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> he went in there with me, tried to help me like um, translate, you know, and talk to the dude. I didn't have, they didn't have the package in at that time. So that was the Monday afterwards. I went back either the very next day, I think I went back the next day, yeah, Tuesday, because he said, yeah, no, I, he said, I, I wasn't working on Saturday and they've not brought it back today. So the, the guy that helped me out, the Brit, he was like, um, you know, sometimes they, it takes a few days to get back if, if they try to deliver it and he wasn't here. So why don't you come back tomorrow, try to see if he's got it then. So now it's Tuesday, I go back again. The Bacoli, I don't have it. And okay. So then we waited a little bit longer. I think I went back either Thursday or Friday. I was like, okay, what about now? He's like, no, still don't have it. And I'm trying to show him like the tracking number on online. Tracking number says it was delivered there. Um, so I'm going through all this shit with him and he doesn't understand, you know, why it's not there. He's like, I get what you're saying, but it's not here. And I'm like, I get what you're saying, but it says it is. So all that to go around, finally, I got out of him after we got the phone, or got the new SIM card for the phone, so that we actually had service to try to run some Google Translate over there, help out the situation a little bit. And I got around to asking him, where am I supposed to go to be able to get, you know, the, if it, if it wasn't, if it was supposed to be sent here, and then you weren't here, and it got sent back somewhere, where would we go back to? And he let me know, it was the nearby place. Um, the next town over from us, I guess. So I went there. They have more of a legitimate post office situation going on there. I went there. That guy spoke like about as much English as I do France, or as I do France, as I do French, where it's like, you know, these key words and you can kind of piece together. And if someone's speaking to you in the other one, in the other language, you can kind of understand what they're saying. They talk slow and they're deliberate, you know. Um, and you try to say stuff back to them and 
then they get a little bit too confident thinking that you know what you're saying and then they run some shit down your throat that you have no idea what the fuck is going on and then they're like oh never mind you're back to square one that's how it was with this guy he couldn't get past the idea of like why did you get it sent to this address you know if it's not you and um or rather really that first time that i went it was all about him saying like you know it should it says it's delivered here i was like i know what it says <laughs> he ended up printing me out a bunch of papers and saying like go back show him these papers say it says it was delivered see what he says if you need to come back we'll do this this recoup method where you know we'll try to either find the package or, or refund you um, so I did that, went back that day to the guy again, show him all the stuff. We go through the same line of questioning I did before. He's not finding any of it. He, he can't, um, can't find the package. So I ended up going back over there, um, on Monday. Yeah, Monday, two days ago, I went back and, um, finally the guy was like, I, I got through the whole conversation again. And he finally got to the point where he understood what I was saying. He was like, okay, so we're going to start this process. It'll take two to three days. Either we're going to, you know, I'll get with the shipping team. We'll try to find out uh, what happened with the package. Either we will find the package and get it delivered back to that spot. Or he took down, you know, the address that we've been staying at. He was like, or we can send it there. Or uh, if we can't find it, we'll end up refunding you, you know. Which kind of sucked because it, for one... You know, I was excited to get these get these in, um, and I've been waiting for a little bit. But also on top of that, just on a purely um, geeky standpoint, like there's not there's not a lot of these OG ones left necessarily. So like the idea that they would have gotten lost somewhere, I would have been sad about that. These are OG from the ground up Hero Escape. Not any of the new fan related stuff. You can't you can't get these anymore. So I was a uh, I was happy to be able to get it in. We got a we got a call today. Some woman on the phone that spoke no English and was trying to tell me that I could go pick up my package. So we did the same runaround again. But I got over there and then uh, <laughs> there was a different woman working there that I had never met before. Because every time that I've gone there, it's been the same guy. And there has been a woman who I assumed maybe was his wife or something like that, that also worked there. And... Um, so I saw her walking around when I first got in there. It was busier than it normally is. And I told her that I was picking up a package for Hunter Morningstar. And I saw it sitting up there, you know, on the fucking, uh, I saw it sitting up on the little, like, I don't even know what you would call it. It looks like a little mini podium that they got for them. So I pointed at it. I'm like, this one. And, um, this other woman gets up there and she's, I think, she, I think what she was trying to do I think that she was trying to explain to me why it got messed up or why it, it didn't stay there. I don't know if she was trying to explain to me. I think from all the confusion across the board was that for some reason, I wasn't supposed to put my name along with that address, which doesn't make any sense to me because if I was getting it sent to that address so that I could come and pick it up, I would assume I would have to have my name with the package so that I knew so that they knew that I was coming to pick it up. But I, I don't know. I mean, everyone acted like I somehow did something wrong. I probably did. Who knows? But I think she was trying to explain to me what I did wrong 
or why they sent it back if that's what they did or whatever the fuck it might have been. But she was not understanding the fact that I was not understanding a goddamn word that she said. She just sat there and kept rambling in French. And I'm sitting there like a deer in headlights. Like, I don't, uh, I just kept doing that. Uh, and she'd be like, then she kind of like chuckled to herself. And she tried to... I know that you heard that because I heard it through my headphones. That was a fucking plane getting a little bit too close. <laughs> That's only, <laughs> it's only happened a few times since we've been here, but there is a private airfield not that far from here. And sometimes I get a little bit too close. Um, at least I hope you heard it, because if not, then I'm gonna sound like a fucking idiot, but I thought that I heard it through here, so let's hope you did. Um, yeah, she was just trying to explain to me you know, whatever it was that she was trying to explain to me. And I'm sitting there like a fucking ditz, not knowing what she's saying. But then she was confusing me because I thought that, and she seemed like she was aggravated too. Maybe she wasn't. Maybe she was just, you know, trying to explain to me what happened and, and I wasn't getting it. But she was like, pull, now she's pulling out some slip. And she, she was making it sound like I had to do something or, or something was wrong still. And so... I'm struggling because my my main man, who I haven't seen yet, that has been dealing with me every single time and obviously knows, okay, this is the package that's been lost forever, you know, for a month now, almost, um, that this guy's waiting for, that if he saw me, he would go, oh, never mind, it's all good. And I got this woman instead, and I didn't bring the phone, the phone that actually has service so I could do any kind of translate. I didn't even... <laughs> It was so confusing. I didn't know what to do. And she was not doing like how a lot of people have here where with a lot of people here, if they have noticed that you don't speak French, I mean, I, I do think that there have been a lot of people that have been understanding about that and they just kind of slow down or they try to, or, or if I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm just apologizing over and over again, as I'm trying to do translations on my phone, like most people have been completely fine with that. She was not being understanding of the fact that I didn't know what the fuck she was saying. But OG came out, big dog comes around the corner, sees me, walks over while she's mid-sentence and says, eh, no, no, c'est bon, it's okay. Picks up the package, scans it, and he goes, it's good. Hands it to me, I'm like, we're good? Yup, thank you, bye. <laughs> Walked right out of there. My package was fucked. Um... As Abigail said, it looks like it's been on a journey, but all the guys instead are fine. I'll see what uh, what I've got here. Yeah, these are ones that uh, me madre ended up getting me for Christmas. I was pretty pumped about it. It makes me miss and wish that I had all the rest of my guys here and my uh, fucking my uh, actual terrain pieces, so I could, you know play and be full geek out, but soon enough, it'll only be in a couple of weeks. Yeah, if you've never played it before, which I would assume would be the majority of people that listen to this for the time being, because no one knows what this game is unless you were a geeky young kid, like I was, playing with trading cards and shit like that. This to me, and I might be wrong in this, and, and people might, like, correct me on this, but Heroescape, when I was a kid was kind of almost like 
I don't know if it's as old. I don't think that it's as old as some of the other miniature-based games. But this was the one that was really targeted towards kids in a different way. Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. I was about to like slur my way through that whole thing. Dungeons and Dragons has definitely, I mean, got kids at a younger age past the whole like satanic scare of, you know, the 90s. Or I think it was late 90s that was happening. Um, but it was never really like marketed towards them. This shit, I used to buy this or, or my mom would buy it for me or whatever at, at Toys R Us. So it was kind of like, it was geared towards kids, which is, you know, why it got me hooked at a young age. And not only that, but um, I did say this in the previous podcast, but these miniatures, they all come pre-painted, which is a little bit different. Like, I think it's Warhammer 40K, if I'm not mistaken, that does not come pre-painted. There are other, other miniature games that do, like, I know one of the big ones that the forum pulls figures from is like hero clicks hero c-l-i-x um obviously D, &D has some um some uh characters or whatever uh figures that you get so i know people bring those in a lot of times but yeah if you've never seen them before here's what they look like i showed up um what's what's that big orc called krug or krug one of the two so basically what it is, is you got the, they got cards with them, right? These army cards. I'm full geeking out right now. I don't care. Here, I'm going to put it right here. All right. There's the one. Now what you see there, I don't know if it's, if you're going to be able to read it or not, because it's probably flipped. You got move, range, attack, and defense. And then on the back, see, that's for simple, that's, this is for simple play. All right. And we're not simple people. We play like, we play like fucking adults, play the real shit. So this is the real shit. Got abilities, got attributes on the side. You have all the stuff that was on the front right here. And then this up here is the body. Shows you where you can be hit from and where you have to be able to see from. And then up at the top, it's just the name and the, um, the tribe or the, it's not really a tribe, it's a Valkyrie that they're attached to. So yeah, anyways. That's what an army card is, but that's that big dude that I showed. This next one is called Swag Rider. He's a little, oh yeah, look at that. Man, this is crystal clear quality being up on here. That's some, that's some cool shit. Yeah, he's, he's on a little beast there and uh, he's an orc. His special abilities help with other orcs nearby. I'm telling you people, it's so funny to me thinking about sitting, I'm sitting here talking to you guys about this just because I got him in today and I'm all pumped about it. But it's, it's so funny to me to think about doing this podcast, the amount of kind of stuff that is actually interesting to me. And not only that, but the, the kind of people that I hope at one, <laughs> at some time to be able to uh, be talking with and how many of them would judge me so fucking harshly for being this pumped about this kind of shit. But that's what makes it fun for me is that I get to be proud of the fact that I'm a, a geek that's not like completely fucking weird like a lot of them are, you know? There's some cool geeks. There's some. You can you can find them here and there. Like there's a I'm blanking on what his name was. I think 
there's a UFC fighter. I don't think he's a UFC fighter anymore. I think I would assume he's retired by now. But yeah, right. Well, that's definitely not it. That's the wrong name. I can't remember what this guy's name is. I just listened to a podcast um, with him on Joe Rogan Experience, and he was uh, he was talking about it again. But there's a, a UFC fighter that was a heavyweight um, that did like played Magic the Gathering, <laughs> another thing that I do. Um, and then there's a few people online that I've seen that have been like that have played Magic the Gathering that have not been completely annoying. Because it's not just it's not just like being geeky. Geeky is one side of it. Being pumped because I have little plastic people in front of me. That is geeky and it's dumb and I understand that. It's it's the persona that comes with it where you're like <laughs> Some of the people that do, not necessarily Heroescape, because there's really not a lot of videos of people doing this. This this got canceled in 2010 or 2011. The people, Wizards of the Coast, who who have, um, who own uh, Dungeons and Dragons and, and Magic the Gathering bought this up uh, to try to save it. They put out like one or two more things for it, and then they shut it down because they wanted to focus on their other stuff. Um, but what was I saying? Oh yeah, the people who do, like there's not a lot of videos of this online. There's one dude who I know, I forget what his name is. I watched some of his stuff on YouTube before and it would just, a lot of times it'd be like him playing, you know, a small battle with his wife, him playing a small battle with um, some other, like some other rando that would come on there with him, somebody of his. Um, and I did like his videos to an extent, but I feel like they were limited as well. Um, I think his name was King Heroescape, if I'm not wrong. I'm looking it up right now. Okay, I am not seeing him anywhere. See, but there are, there's other people on here that are doing it. Like, there is Heroescape stuff, and I've not looked through, like, a lot of it to be able to know offhand really what the, what the broad range of it is, but... I have watched quite a few different people do high quality Magic the Gathering videos. And some of the people that get on there, they give me PTSD think, reminding me of the people from my high school. It is, it's just like, it's that overly exaggerative, trying to be funny all the time, but using like the worst type of bullshit Facebook meme millennial humor. It's so shit. And and mix in with that, like all the weirdness of people doing like the role-playing shit on TikTok or at Comic-Con, like any of the, and, and I know that there's a lot of people that would like this shit that are gonna be, that would be mad at me for talking shit on it. And listen, if that's your thing, that's your thing. I don't, I don't fucking care, but I just like to feel like even though I can be into dumb shit like this, geeky shit like this, that I don't have to be like you because you're weird. Not all of you, but a lot of you. Somebody who's not weird, let me say this as a positive note. Somebody who's not weird is, um, what is it? I Hate Your Deck is the channel. 
used to be two guys that were on there. One of them dropped off. I heard a lot of hate online, and I don't know if it was how much of it was true or not, so I'm not going to substantiate it. But what is his name? It starts with an L. I think. I hate your deck, and I can't remember what the guy's name is. I feel bad, because I've watched it like plenty of times, but I haven't watched it in a while. Um, so I can't think off the top of my head what his name is. But he was really, he was really cool. I like him. He wears like, he only wears tool shirts. The band tool, psychedelic rock. Only wears tool shirts, which means you know he's, he's met God a few times. And um, he just plays magic. And he gets people on, the, he sometimes has people on there that are those weird people that I don't like. That are other YouTubers that do it. But um, his channel I, li I like watching. There's another channel that I'm not going to name because I don't remember what it's called off the bat. That is like really fucking corny and has a lot of, they do something that's different where they, they pull back out of the game to do commentary along the way. And I wouldn't necessarily mind that if it wasn't filled with some of that like bullshit that I was just talking about where they're just like, oh man, like... <laughs> I really didn't know he was gonna pull out a dragon. And you're like, fucking. <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. It's so bad. I hate it. I hate it so much. And I, I tried that first channel. I found it before I found I hate your deck. And I was just trying. I wasn't even doing it for research at the time. I wasn't even trying to find. Like now, if I look at channels like that, it's because I want to start having ideas for when I'm making videos of aspects that, you know, like one of the things I saw on the first one and, and they did it on I Hate Your Deck sometimes too, I think, I can't remember offhand, but one of the things that they would do on there that I really liked was if someone would lay out a card, they'd zoom up on the card and they, that way, because it's difficult, right? If you're trying to do a, a camera angle where, you know, if I have my camera hanging up here and I'm trying to look down at the entire table, it's difficult at that angle to be able to really get you to see, you know, what the card is. Now, if you're somebody who just knows the game, like a lot of them do, they know, they've been playing long enough, they have enough of their own cards, and they've played against enough cards that, for the most part, you bring out a lot of these cards and they already know what it is off the bat. I will admit that with my own cards, there are some of them where I do know them like that, but that's just because I've either played them or Abigail's played them enough that I, I just know what they are off the bat. Um, so, you know, it's not like I'm that far off of being like that. They just have so much more. A lot of them have been playing for a long time, you know. Um, but that element, that was in that first show. And I really, really liked that. And there were some other people that would play and they didn't do that. And I felt like it was difficult if I'm looking at it from the perspective of somebody who hasn't played the game, but they're, they are curious about it or they're wanting to check it out and they see this video and they feel like people just keep throwing out cards and throwing out terms and explanations and people are making jokes and they're feeling like, what the fuck is going on here? And that's what I didn't want. So I appreciated that out of that, you know, but I appreciated that out of that first channel that I watched, but at the same time, like the whole commentary thing where I'm breaking down 
off game and off camera why it is that I did something or what my reaction was to something. I was like, that to me is too much. But that's just me, you know? At the time though, I wasn't looking at it for that. So I did, I tried to stick it out and watch that channel for a while. And thank God I found I hate your deck when I did because I'm not saying that that's like the the number one Magic the Gathering channel or anything like that. Um, because I, like I said, I, I haven't done enough research going across to really find a lot of other ones to compare it to. But I do like, you know, what he does on there. And I like the kind of guests that he has on there for the most part. There have still been some people here and there that are, you know, trying too hard throughout the whole thing because they know the camera's on. Maybe it's just, honestly, you can't even say that though. There, are, I always feel like there are people <laughs> who have this mentality that like there's a camera on at all times somewhere and so they always have to be on it's just like you wish you could just turn them around and just off switch over and over and over again just bring it down like three fucking decibels anyways that was a whole thing for me to say that even though i'm showing you these plastic figures right now i'm not weird take my word for it listen to these a few times to know that i'm not completely weird and on that note i'm showing you now the next one, Cosmet, the Dark Lord. Oh, shit. Ugh. Now, he is able to work well with the other guys that I got with it, which are these wolves. Now, in this game, what's an important thing to note, even though I'm not really talking about the game a whole lot, I'm not going to because I'm not going to bore you with it. There are heroes and there are squads, so sometimes you get, like, all those guys are heroes, so it's just, you know, one for each of those. And then, you have a card like this, where you got, you got three of them motherfuckers on there. You see them? Those are wolves. So I got three, three guys there. One, two, three. See, this guy's really presenting himself. He's kind of doing a hip thrust. I appreciate that, you know? I think he's just howling. This dude... About to smack a motherfucker in the jaw. You see that he wound up ready to go. And this guy's going for that overhand right. Let it focus. Yeah, he's going for that overhand right right there. He's going to overhand smack a bitch in the mouth. So yeah, that, that Cosmet, the Dark Lord, works well with them, I think, to be able to help out their special ability that they have. It's a fun part of the game. Good part of that uh, forum too, which I'm gonna plug again because I I said I think I said it in the last one. I really can't remember, but I swear to God, I am determined to becoming relevant enough and keeping HeroScape at the forefront of a lot of my content. Not a lot of my content. I shouldn't say that. That's misleading. I don't want to talk about HeroScape every fucking time I come onto a podcast, but. I've always looked at like my content and the things that I that I choose to do now might not necessarily be the things that I always choose to do and I don't know yet, right? I think that a lot of people when they're getting into doing stuff like this, right? They they want everyone to think that like whatever they start doing that's what they're going to continue doing. They're just going to get better at doing that. And you know, I don't know what the timeline looks like for me going forward as far as when I choose to do what when I choose to kind of like evolve into a different state of content or, you know, when my situation changes as far as like, you know, living arrangements and all that kind of stuff, how that changes things. But Hero Escape is one of those things that will never fucking die for me because 
I gave it up for a long time. I, I played it when I was a kid, like I said, and then, you know, sold off all the stuff and one of the many yard sales that we had through growing up, I'm sure, when we hadn't played it for a while. And then I came back around to it randomly, like, I don't know, probably three years ago or something like that. I was <laughs> I was a full-blown adult. It was when I was working at one of the one of the biopharmaceutical places. And I just, I decided, I was like, I haven't played this in forever and I keep seeing stuff, like, I'm looking online for it because I randomly got the itch again. And I have gotten like that with like, you know, trading cards and stuff like that at, here or there, but it was never the kind of pull that this had. And not only that, but after I started doing it again, I was like, oh my God, I never want to give this up. Because I never did it completely right when I was younger. You know, like if you've ever, <laughs> I don't know if anyone else is like this, I definitely was. If you were that kid who like got into some of the stuff that was definitely engineered to be able to be attractive to kids, but if you never had like older people that also played it with you, who kind of like knew the rules, and you just like, you played some of the rules right, and then some of it like you really didn't, because you just didn't understand it completely, that's who I was. I did that all the time, like Yu-Gi-Oh! I did shit wrong in Yu-Gi-Oh! all the time throughout growing up. Pokemon, I didn't even play with the fucking energy. Like my brother, my brother and I took out, or my brothers and I, I guess, we took out like one of the main components of gameplay in Pokemon and just said like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> That's too much work. So when I played this for the first time, there was definitely elements of it that I didn't, I didn't include into it. And, uh, oh well, we had a good time playing it. At least I did. My brothers usually didn't at that age. They didn't have the patience that I did. I wanted to like, set up everything exactly how I wanted and set up these armies exactly how I wanted and it usually took too long and they would end up not wanting to play and then I'd get fucking pissed off and now everyone's into it. I got, I've taken this before um, going on vacation, got like my whole family playing it, which was fun. Um, I think I said that the last time, so now I'm just repeating myself, which is one of my biggest fucking pet peeves. But yeah. I'm not going to keep talking about Hero Escape. I've been talking about it too long already. Um, but at the same time, I really don't know what the fuck else I'm talking about. So I said that I was going to do this last time, and I, I am going to do it because, um, I don't know, because as of right now, I'm still trying to figure out how it is, and I'm just going to sit here and talk nonstop. So I found some random shit that's, that is going to be able to have me talk about fucking something. What's it say? Something about technology. Any technology has made the, has only made the world worse. Oh my God. This is the problem going online is that there's some dumb shit. Was there ever an event in your life that defied explanation? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, yeah. The last, um, the last podcast that Abigail and I did together, we actually talked for a while about technology, specifically about like, um, social media, you know? Social media, technology in general, right? It's kind of tough because the content, and, and not only that, but like making content is so revolving around technology um, that, you know, for me in my life right now, not only that, but I mean, all the way up until this point, like I've always had to learn technology in different facets, right? I mean, when I was at my job before, learning technology was a large part of my job, Um learning, you know, devices and communication, you know, electrical, um, I don't even know how I would say that, you know, there was a lot of elements of, of learning technology, 
that were all associated with that job. And now, even though I've gone away from that, there's a big part of that with this because I've got to learn, you know, how to properly use the camera, how to, you know, how to properly set up, you know, working things right with the mixture that I have to my computer versus Abigail's computer versus, you know, using stuff with the streaming through the, um, through the Xbox because that's how I do things right now. Um, so yeah, there's all those elements of, of having to use technology. And yet, when I look at my life long term, I would never say that I want to completely walk away from technology because I, I don't feel like that. But there's a lot of elements of technology that I would really like to pare down and almost distance myself from. Um, and I, I'm someone who I can't say or I wouldn't say that I know what exactly that means, you know, right now. Um, I don't know. There's some elements to it to where like, you know, when it comes to using a smartphone or something like that, I, I don't think that I would mind getting to a point where I don't feel like I have to have something like a smartphone, you know? Um, but I don't know at the same time, because that's easy. It's easy to say right now. I mean, uh, you know, we're at the point where because we're trying to save money, Abigail and I are sharing the phone. Um, and there are, there's frustrations with that just because, you know, if we're out in public and we're trying to like look up something or whatever, it's kind of a pain when you, you know, when I don't have it. Um, if we're out together, obviously it's not a big deal, but like if I'm gonna go up on my own, I'm just jacking that phone, you know, the whole time that we're doing it. When you're in Wi-Fi, it's really not that big of a deal, obviously, because I still have my other phone that I can, you know, use for content and stuff like that. Listen to podcasts or music or jump on YouTube or whatever while we're here. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, I mean, I think that in, in one sense, it's kind of difficult in today's day and age. I'll say that people don't do it because people do it. They, you know, either pair down to flip phones or having no phones or going back to, you know, having a landline. I know over here in, in Europe, having a landline is not necessarily as archaic as it seems to be over in, in the U.S., but there's also a difference in how they um, set up their... Um, their internet and cable and stuff like that. It's like the same packages and shit like that, but there was basically like one company that did all that for a long time and kind of had everything um, established as far as like cable lines and phone lines and internet lines and things like that. And then they broke up the uh, the distribution of those kind of services. So um, sometimes it, it all depends, I guess, on like where you are, what zones you're in, because some zones you can go straight to smaller companies or different companies and just get services through them. And some of them you have to like set up certain bits of it through that company that did it first. And then you can sublet other services out to them. And then other ones you have to go through that company through everything. So there's a lot of differences to it, but, but at the same time, not really right. Because like, you know, depending on where you are in the U S you have to, you have to go with certain people, or certain providers or services. So maybe not all that different. It's not something that I really had to do a whole lot, so I can't really talk all that much shit. Um, but yeah, in one sense I could say that I would like to get away from a mobile phone and there are people that do that, or smartphone I should say. There are people that do that. Um, you know, I'm not going back to a fucking pager. You know, I'm not, and I'm not even, I don't know. It's a matter of, in principle, trying to just not have as much reliance on stuff like that. And the thing is too, is like, the kind of person that I am, 
it's tough because it, you know me going out into public in somewhere like France or as we're you know traveling around just countries that don't speak English you know and it's one thing if I can look down the line of however many years and think that you know with the right amount of practice and and determination and, and living here that I could be you know fluent enough in French that I wouldn't need to have Google Translate with me every time that I'm out in public like I I can see that happening right now I hope that's going to happen. I mean, I kind of need that to happen at some point, but that's one thing. But I can't learn every language of every fucking country that we would go to in Europe. Um, so there's an element of something like that where it's like I, I wouldn't, you know, it'd be hard to not have that around um, unless I just, you know, we hire a translator, walk everywhere with us every time that we go somewhere. Um, so there's those elements to it that's like difficult, but, and then obviously if you're out, you know, if you are traveling somewhere and you're trying to get directions to go someplace or you're trying to look up where you're wanting to go or, you know, whatever it may be like, there's certain elements to it that are kind of difficult, but I'm sure there are ways to maybe work around that if you were really determined to not, you know, not have that phone. My biggest thing is that outside of those kind of things, like I really don't use it. And the things that I do use it for, I wouldn't have to necessarily. I mean... You know, if I'm sitting, if I'm sitting around like doing something like watching YouTube or something like that, I could theoretically be doing that on my laptop instead of that. And even at this point in my life, I, I really don't do a whole lot of that. So it's not like I'm missing out if I don't have that, you know, outside of that, like I, one of the things that does suck is like, you know, if I wasn't able to listen to podcast or, or, um, music being out and doing stuff that's another thing that's tough because i those are two things that i do i definitely do those things passively while i'm doing other things so it's one thing if i'm sitting here like you know making food washing dishes cleaning or whatever it's another thing you know if i'm out driving or whatever kind of suck not to be able to have any of that but yeah some of it also is just not necessarily like i'm also someone who's a, a big I feel like something that's always lost on people is this idea of like control um, and not just to control like, oh, you know, I really, I control, you know, my usage of electronics or, or my um, dieting or whatever it may be for you. But because sometimes that's a lie. It's just not fucking true. People don't actually control like they should be doing. When I say that I really don't use it a whole lot, I can also notice that, you know, it comes and goes in waves. Like right now, Here's going to be another geeky thing that people are going to fucking pin to me. Right now, I've been playing Sudoku on my phone. Like, that's the one thing that I have on there. But you know what? Another time, I had, like, you know, either, you know, like a Minecraft mobile or a PUBG mobile. And I did, you know, use it more often when I was doing something like that. Something like listening to music or, or a podcast or whatever, if you're doing that while you're doing other things, some people might look at that as, like, you know, mobile usage or whatever i just don't because to me it's it's not like i'm sitting down and being like i'm gonna watch a podcast or i'm i'm just going to sit here stare at a wall and listen to one you know it's a little bit different i'm not setting aside time for it it's it's added on to other stuff that i'm doing so that's not as much of the problem in my head um but it's when you're choosing to omit doing other things and you're instead doing things on your phone because i'm also not somebody who regularly emails texts or calls um just now, I've, I've made more of a point to try to start putting aside time throughout the week to call out 
to people who I, I feel like are important to be keeping up with, especially, you know, the other people that are uh, in the crows, you know, just trying to kind of keep everyone aware of what's going on on my end and then also trying to make sure that I'm talking with everyone else and, you know, seeing what's going on with them, having these big picture conversations and then, you know, seeing if there's anything they need, anything that, you know, I can be helping with or anything where they're talking about, a, you know, an issue that they're having, trying to point them to someone, someone else in the group that I know has been having the same kind of problems or has gotten through that problem. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, and obviously like keeping up with family and um, I would say family and friends, but I don't really have any friends outside of the group as of right now. So keeping up with, um, well, I do, I, I can't say that I do have friends outside of it. Um, I say they're outside the group, but they're not really, they're like in that weird in between where we're still doing stuff with them and, you know, we still keep up with them and they're, uh, yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know why I said that. That was dumb. I definitely have people outside of it that I, that I keep in touch with, um, but it's not, it's not a, it's not a ton. It's not something, I, it's not something to where I am feeling like, you know, I'm going through the day and I'm regularly like, I never have anything to check on my phone. Even like I've said before with social media and stuff like that, um, those are things that I know that I need to get better at utilizing, um, because I want to utilize them for the, you know, pushing the content and being able to follow other people's in the group or other people in the group's content, um, you know, keeping those connections going on there, you know, for a public sense and also being able to find ways to kind of like get more attention on certain things um, that I'm producing or that other people are producing in the group. And that's something that's a, a real kind of like different thing for me to learn because it's just an aspect of technology that I haven't been a part of for a long time and it's been developing and innovating for a while uh, but part of that's because I, I don't really like it and I'm only doing it as a tool um, I don't think maybe I'll, maybe I'm wrong maybe it'll catch maybe it'll fucking hook me like it has with plenty of other people but I don't think you'll ever find me spending time looking on a social media platform unintentionally doing it to either promote my own stuff, to connect with other people that I've collaborated with, or to try to find, you know, either specifically content or other collaborators or, you know, other channels, whatever it may be. I don't, it's just never, it's, it's unenjoyable for me. It's super frustrating for me is what, really what it is. I just don't care enough about other things that are going on. Like I, I, and I don't know, maybe that's a shitty way to look at things, but I, I really do just kind of, the things that I have to care about, the things that if I don't care about them, they kind of fuck up what my plan is going forward. They take up a lot of my time right now. And it might not always be like that, you know, their situations might change to where the time that I have to spend, you know, doing things like streaming or, or editing said streaming or, or, you know, making these, editing this. Once we get into the shipment of stuff, like making the videos for YouTube, editing those kind of things, posting things up, trying to go from, you know, site to site as far as social media and find ways to promote them. It, it is within, you know, the plan that I have to eventually have other people that are able to kind of like come in and, and adapt the same kind of style or bring a different side of, you know, their own style of doing some of those things. Um, 
having someone come in that knows technology a whole lot better than I do would be, you know, a great asset to doing what I'm doing. But, you know, at that time, yeah, I, I think that some of my free time will maybe open up and it'll just be more focused on content creation and less about having to, like, do everything that is surrounding creating the content because it's not just filming it and then, like, okay, we're cool, upload it. Um, but I don't know. I mean... Even then, I don't ever just, I don't think that I have the capacity to like give a shit enough about what other people are doing. But at the same time, I also notice that, or not notice, I, I, I recognize the fact that it is the way of the world right now. Like everyone uses social media. If you don't use social media, you're not, you're not doing things right. Um, but yeah, I don't even remember why I originally started talking about social media. I know I was talking about technology in general, but yeah, there's a... The original point I was making was just that, you know, some of the content that I do now um, is stuff that's really involved with technology and, and not to say that I'm just going to, you know, at some point say like, fuck that and, and go in the opposite direction and start living like a fucking, you know, the Amish, but <laughs> there are certain elements where I would like to tone it down for sure, um, where I would just like to be able to distance myself from it and feel like there's a certain element of being around the bits of technology where even though it's it's more related to what I I talked about in the last I'm not jumping off the subject I'm just trying to qualify what I'm saying I talked in the last podcast about leaving you know the jobs that I've been working and one of the main issues with being there feeling like was was feeling like I was wasting a lot of my time right and although now I don't have that same issue where, you know, I'm not having to drive a certain amount every day and I don't have these really set times where if I'm not going to bed at this time, I'm not going to be able to wake up at the time that I need to be so that I can, you know, get out when I need to to avoid traffic so I can work my full eight hours so I can get out when I need to to avoid traffic on the backside. Like there was so much more structure in a negative kind of way to where if I fucked up any bit of that, like I kind of messed up my day. And I took away what little bit of productive time that I had to do things outside of it. And I kind of fucked that up. Um, so now I don't have so many of those parameters. But the main problem that I have is now setting my own parameters. And something like working on a backlog of editing and things like that. Those now present themselves as, although I don't complain about it. Because I, I think that, you know, this is what this is what I wanted. And this is a... This is a stepping stone that I have to go through to get to the point where, you know, my content is, you know, relevant enough to enough people to where I can afford to have somebody come in that's either better at doing it or is able to just do it so that I can give more content in other areas um, or, you know, knows the technology better. Because I, even though I have to learn elements of it, like there's a lot of it that... I, a lot of times I look through the stuff that I'm, that I'm doing and I just feel like I'm scratching these surface layers to try to like get it in and get it out. Um, and I don't like feeling like that because there's a lot of other people that really do know a lot of this stuff, um, these programs and, and um, you know, setups that would really, I think, elevate a lot of things to a different level. Even though I feel like now both audio and picture quality on really everything that I or Abigail or both of us do is, is pretty good um, because of the equipment that we got. Um, but yeah, I I think all that is just to say that 
there's elements now where I do still feel like there's a bit of a, um, not a drain, because that's, that's more negative than I really feel like it is, but there's just things that I have to do at this point in, in the learning curve, right? And at this point in the uh, curve of attention that the product gets, there's things that I have to do that I do still feel like are a leech on my time. Like I feel like uh, if I didn't have to do something like that, the amount of more um, more time that I would have to do other content would be, you know, one good thing. But it's also the um, it's also the mental capacity, you know, to not feel like when I'm either talking now or doing something else and I'm not thinking in the back of my head because it's the way that my brain works to where I'm always thinking about like three to five different things where when I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm not thinking about, you know, the backlog of stuff that I have to go back and do. Um, so I think that at some point, you know, the one, the more comfortable that I get talking, you know, with this and, and more comfortable I get with just being able to sit there and ramble, um, having other people obviously to be able to kind of bounce off of in a different way, which is, you know, really what I want this, this podcast to eventually be is to have people that I'm able to talk to. Um, I think the easiest way to do that, uh, you know, just because of where I'm at being over here in France, I think the easiest way to do that would be talking with people that are surrounding the kind of stuff that I want to eventually be doing over here more long-term. Um, which I guess I can talk a little bit about that too, because I, I do feel like there are some elements of, of the things that I've talked about that have been relatively shorter term. Um, and part of it is because I, I struggle um, to find what the balance is between letting people know what it is that I or Abigail and I together are aiming for. Um, because I don't want people to ever feel like they're they're coming along for the ride and the things that they came along to see, you know, content-wise, um, that that's not my focus. Because it is, right? I mean, right now, my focus is podcasting and streaming. And, and that's, you know, mainly just because I don't have in the stuff to do some of the other content that I want to do um, as far as YouTube videos. It's also because we don't have money to be spending on some of even the other ideas that I have outside of uh, the, the stuff that I have right now that's coming to us to be able to grow the content even more. Um, but yeah, I, I, at the same time, I don't want people to feel like the content that they sign up to be able to see is not what they're going to get long term. Um, but I also don't want everyone to feel like I do the same thing that I feel like a lot of other content creators do, which is gatekeep. Because I hate that. I hate the idea that, um, and I can't even say, it. I don't hate it. That's I'm being exaggerated. If that's what you like to do, that's what you like to do. If you want to be the kind of person that feels like you're, you know, doing your thing for a while and then you kind of hit everyone out of left field with what's next and that's on, you, that's, that's your thing, right? But, um, that's not what I want to do, right? I, I want people to feel like the reason or one of the reasons that they want to, you know, follow me and, and Abigail on the journey that we're going on. And, and I hate the idea to, uh, to subscribe, to like, all that kind of shit, but I, I don't want to actually say that. It's, it's just, I want people to follow along with what we're doing because they feel like they knew where we were heading from the beginning. Because not only that, I, I also am someone who 
Although right now there's just a matter of having to do it, get it done and uh, make money, you know, off of it. And there's a level of pushing that just needs to happen right now. Um, there's going to come a time where I'm not going to necessarily shy away from trying to crowdfund in a way to like help us get to certain goals quicker. I don't know exactly when that becomes relevant, um, but it might be. So without talking in circles, I've talked about, you know, obviously the hero escape and magic being the next step in things. Um, and that's really because, you know, like I said before, I'm just waiting on the shipment of stuff to come in. So once that stuff comes in, then right now what my YouTube is really being utilized for is just being able to transfer over um, the streams that I have. And part of that is because um, I'm not at the affiliate level, which is like that first kind of official title through, through Twitch. I'm not at that level yet to where my streams um, are able to be um, kept on there for more than a week at a time, which is kind of tough. And that's, that's part of the thing that sucks right now because of the backlog of editing that I have, because I'm constantly kind of fighting, trying to get this backlog of stuff onto YouTube because it was pushed off for so long, but at the same time needing to get my stuff that I do now edited and kind of put back out again before it gets, um, before it gets erased off of there. Um, so that's the balance that I've been trying to strike that I've not been doing all that well at, but I'm, I'm continuing to try to just keep it fucking going because that's all that, all that I can do. Um, but YouTube at that point will really be utilized, um, to still have that stuff coming over from Twitch because I think that's still a valid place to have those, those kind of things. And that's a, a big, you know, stream of my content that's coming in, but also to be able to do the geeky stuff. And it's funny because that is going to make my YouTube channel really seem a lot more geeky than I think that it eventually will be. Um, and that's a risk that I'm kind of willing to take in the beginning. Um, I think that what you will find with kind of all the stuff that I talk about is that the content that I want to have is very diverse because I have a lot of different um, interests. You know, I, I'm, my interests are very far and ranging and they're not stuck to just geeky shit, but those are the things that I have right now that are kind of easy to build content off of. Um, so past that though, the, the main things that really end up being more, um, money intensive beyond, you know, getting equipment to be able to do those things better are, um, for one, and this is not necessarily content, but the, the main goal past this year, um, where Abigail and I are really bouncing around from these Airbnbs to Airbnbs, the main thing for next year that's a, a big goal of ours is trying to be able to get these things going well enough in the time that we have in between now and then to be able to get into a uh, more permanent place. And I don't know if that means, you know, if there's a, you know, if there's houses to rent or, or an apartment or something like that, but basically getting into a spot to where we can legitimize some of the businesses a little bit more and not just be like, we're just doing stuff online, but to have more, um, things kind of set in stone with the, the banking in the government in, in France so that they can be a little bit more legitimized. So that way we can 
get into a spot like, you know, that's long term. And then because of that, be able to apply for documentation that allows us to be here for longer without having to check in every year, you know, um, or at least start that process in happening. Because right now what we're here on is, is a long stay visa uh, for, for visiting. And that can change if you do end up getting a place like that that's more permanent. You can change it over to being more of um, residency statuses instead of a visitor status or a visa status. So then once you get over to that residency side, then you're on your road to citizenship, which is eventually what we would like to do. Um, the way that the content ties into that is um, because the, the problem that I, I think that I did talk about on this last podcast, if not, that I might have talked about it on the Fuck Dungeon with Abigail. I can never, it's hard for me to remember since I'm doing both from where I talked about what. But um, the hard thing is trying to figure out where to put the money, you know, as we get it in. Um, Abigail and I have some content that we're doing together and then we have other content that's individual. And so, um, although I think both of us would like to feel like we can each be heard in, you know, feeling like we're using the money in a way that helps both of us. Um, you know, ultimately I have some of my funds that come in from my stuff and she'll have hers that come in from her stuff. And so, you know, we've got our individual content that needs to get built up on our own sides. And then we also have our stuff together that we need to worry about. Now, the other thing that, um, we, we, Abigail and I have talked about a good deal, but we haven't been able to go out and do yet has been, um, the travel, I guess we'd call it a vlog, travel vlog that we want to do together. Um, the benefit of being able to go around to a lot of different places in these Airbnbs, uh, for the first year that we're here beyond getting to see kind of like, you know, different areas, my voice is cracking a lot, excuse me, getting to see different areas, um, at different times of year, you know, here, uh, even though we were a little bit more south we weren't south enough maybe to uh, deal with the winter uh, in this type of place that we've been at. And, uh, you know, that's a lesson learned, I think. Um, But at the same time, like there have been really cool, really cool things to see from being out in the area that we are, where we are separated from, you know, shit to do. And we're just out here where you drive for a while, you just see hamlets and, and, you know, small villages and stuff like that. Um, it's been cool to be able to see really old buildings, like the one that we're in and and like a lot of the ones that are surrounding us and not necessarily just being downtown where it's, um, you know, there's still old shit down there. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's on a different level than obviously we're used to for the U S. Um, but there's also a lot of modern stuff there. So it, it, it's different. Um, but yeah, I think one of the benefits of, of being able to go around aside from that is that. It also opens up the opportunities that we have to be able to kind of start going around with a camera and showing people what are the things that we're seeing. Um, so that's that's what we want to do together. Um, that'll be a separate YouTube channel, um, which will be called Glossy Getaway. Uh, we've already picked out that name. Um, and really what that is, is it's us being able to, I think, at first really focus on because you know like i said we're just we have to worry about money and and how we spend it um but i think first like any of those spots that we're going to really focusing on kind of the 
areas around there that are relatively cheap to be able to get to. And, um, but there's a lot of, a lot more fluidity, you know, with like the second place that we're going to is actually really close down to the border of Spain. And since we have the kind of visas that we do, that's good for the Schengen area, I guess is what it's called. It's, it's the, you know, the EU that's like shared territories and stuff like that. I don't know what the proper way to call it is. So I'm sorry if I said something wrong and you know what's right, but um, it allows you to kind of go between them without having to go through customs every time. So when we're down there, we would really like to be able to jump over for, you know, a quick train ride down into Spain, uh, which would be super cool. Um, but it, even outside of that, I think it's really trying to like go to places that are relatively close to it. And then once we've seen some um, attraction to being able to see the kind of stuff that we're doing, which I think would be a lot of just, you know, some of the sightseeing, checking out shops and stuff like that. Um, trying to not make it like a super touristy thing, but also not necessarily like a guide, you know? Um, that's something that we're both really, I think trying to focus on when we, when we are able to do that, being very deliberate in how it comes across, because there's plenty of people that, you know, do what you would call travel vlogs on YouTube, obviously. Like that's a, it's a giant subgenre of videos on there. Um, and there's a lot of people that do things that we frankly would not want to present it like that. I think it's just a matter of like showing everyone what we're doing anyways, what we would like to be doing anyways. Um, and not making it seem like it's some sort of uh, guide, not making it seem like we're trying to like show you things to do or th something like that, you know, just out there doing what we were gonna do regardless and turning a camera on for it. Um, so yeah, that's what we would like to do uh, coming up very soon. Um, we gotta worry about getting down to this next place now, but um, the good thing is because we didn't really get to do it in these uh, first couple months being here, the next place that we're gonna be at is actually not that far from here after the next one. So two spots from now. So if we feel like there are some of the spots we wanna come back to, um, we should be able to do that. But yeah, as we start getting some attraction from that, I think that then, you know, we can start feeling like if there are certain areas that we didn't get to go to um, in France, then maybe bouncing out to those that might be a little bit more than just uh, an afternoon trip, you know, or maybe it's a little bit more costly, but it's getting out to some of those big areas and getting to see that. Um, as well as being on the hunt um, for you know, checking out potential areas that we would really want to kind of stick down at long-term. Um, and then also being able to go to a lot of the, you know, the other spots, just like we talked about doing with Spain. I mean, there's, you know, France isn't a great spot to be able to go over the border to a lot of different areas. I know that the uh, last place that we're staying at this year is actually really close to the um, border for Switzerland, uh, which is also great to be able to, you know, jump over there and do that. So, yeah, um, that's what we would like to do with that channel. Obviously, you know, what we eventually want it to be is something to where, you know, we both, Abigail, traveling has always been such a big thing for her and it never really was in my life before, you know, she came into it. And it's always something that I think that I looked at and I wanted to do, but I've always been, I can't even say frugal with my money. I've always been like, um, 
I've always felt like there were different things to do with my money than maybe doing something like that, you know? Um, I can't say I've always been frugal with my money because there have been times where I've been frugal and there's times where I've been dumb. I've not always spent my money on the right kind of shit. But um, some of those big things, like experiences, I should say, that's, that's a good way to put it. That's a big difference between, I think how Abigail and I have were before we were together is that I, she put a lot more emphasis on trying to have experiences, you know, at a young age and having meaningful, valuable experiences. And it's one of the things that I definitely um, envied of her when, when we got together was that she, at a young age, had been able to, you know, be like, I want to go do this road trip. Let's go do that, you know, um, or I want to go out to this spot. Like, let's go do that. And, and she had kind of done that, whether by herself or with other people, just been like, fuck it, I'm going. Um, and that's something that I hadn't really done. So yeah, like the, but after being over here, the traveling was definitely a side of things that I really wanted to put, you know, time and money into as well. And I think what we both like to do is, um, we both really like to eventually kind of have properties that are in a lot of these different spots. If you're talking really, really long term, And before that, even just being able to really go do I don't want to, I don't know, really be able to go do, let's just say baller type shit, you know, go out and be able to not feel like we're pinching every penny while we're also trying to, you know, show you guys what a good time could really be if you went out to those spots and you wanted to have a good time. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I think I see as far as that channel goes. Um, additions that I want to be able to have to, to my channel as well that, that are really contingent upon the money is... Um, I'm a really big, um, craft beer head. Uh, so is Abigail. Um, so there's a lot of stuff with that, that I want to really start making videos on. Uh, but again, the problem is, is like trying to feel like once I start any of those, any bit of any bit of content, I don't want there to be a time where, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like, because money's coming and going or rising and falling that I'm not able to continue producing that content. So, and you know, I'm, like I said before with the editing and stuff, like I'm still trying to get down some time management right now. So I don't want to jump into doing, excuse me, don't want to jump into doing something uh, before, you know, prematurely, but that's what I would really like to do as well is, is to kind of do a very comprehensive breakdown of, um, drinking things like beer. I've also got a, um, I've started to get a little, I have a very, um, I would say pretty extensive palate for craft beer at this point with how long I've been drinking it and the variety of stuff that I've had. There's still a lot, a, a long way for me to go in that. And, um, my, my, but my taste buds have continued to change. My palate has continued to change. Um, as I've just tried to challenge myself to not necessarily be like, I like something or I don't like something, but just to try to appreciate the beer for what it is. There's still some that are just like, oh, I'm not a big fan of this, but, um, I've definitely changed, I think a little bit of my mindset. Whereas before when I was really, um, kind of describing and rating beers and things like that, it was more focused on do I like this or not? And would I get it again or not? Like, do I like this? But it's only to a point to where I feel like, yeah, I liked it enough, but I wouldn't go out and get it again. Or 
do I really like it and I would love to go get it? Do I love it and I would get it any time that I saw it out? Or do I would I never pick it off the shelf? You know, and, I, and if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't have even gotten it. Um, and although I think that that's still valuable information, like it's not like I wouldn't still look at things from that perspective. Um, I've, I've started, I think within the, like within this past year of trying it, um, started to look at things from a different perspective where I, I try to think a lot harder about what I'm having. Um, and I try to describe it a lot deeper. Um, so that's, and, and that's, that's why I think that it would be a really good, uh, to be able to do that on, on YouTube, because I think that that gives a very good platform to kind of break things down in a formulaic type way and to be able to bring it to people that maybe have not tried craft beer um, or think it's a really pretentious thing to do, which I know a lot of people think that and it's perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, I've had, I've had a lot of people, um, friends of mine at one time or another that were all saying like, you know, shit that really bugged the fuck out of me. Like, oh, beer is beer. Or they'd try like a, uh, I remember one time someone, I had like an IPA, a very piney IPA, I'm pretty sure is what it was. And then the next drink that I had was a maple bacon stout. And they tried to tell me they tasted the same. And I was like, you are on fucking crack if you think that those two drinks taste the same. Like, I'm not saying you have to like one or the other or be able to pick apart the palate, but... You can't tell me they taste the same. Like, they definitely do not. Um, and I'm not saying, I mean, maybe it did really taste the same to that person. And, and they just didn't have a palate for it. But a lot of times when I hear people talk about craft brewing it's, or craft beer drinking and, and describing it and things like that, I think for a lot of people it's, it's very pretentious, for one, which I understand why people say it. I don't agree with it because I think that the people who say that are the people that just drink piss beer, uh, which if that's what you like, then that's what you like. You know, craft beer is definitely not something that everyone has to like. Um, or they're, they, I just don't think that they look at it in the same way that, you know, someone like me does or some of the other people around me that drink craft beer, which is that it's something to be appreciated and it's very diverse and varied and nuanced, you know? And so being able to appreciate all those things and also being able to look at, you know, what someone was aiming for out of that brewing um, but maybe like some bits of it were executed and some bits weren't and then trying to like, there's so many different sides to it, I think, which is why I think that it would make really good content. Um, now some of the other things that I have a nose for that I would, that I would like to develop more of a palette for, um, I, my liquor of choice is whiskey, um, I specifically bourbons. Um, I do appreciate Irish and Scotch, um, but yeah, I, it's tough because there's, there's some elements where I have been able to definitely get more of a palate than I was. Cause at one time I was just saying, I want to get into drinking whiskey. Um, and I had already had a palate for beer drinking at that time. Past that point, I know some things that I like. I know some things I don't like. At that time, if you would put an Irish versus a Scotch versus a bourbon in front of me, I wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. So I can tell the difference between those, not necessarily if you put them blind in front of me. I'm not at that point, you know, um, but I, and there's there's some characteristics to where like I can taste some of them and, and, you know, 
get notes of um, caramel or getting notes of um, like some type of uh, like the, the wood barrel, you know, um, or maybe like a vanilla or um, I don't know, pepper is another one that, you know, you get or, or like uh, clover or, you know, just some kind of wildflower or something like that. So there's elements of that that I've definitely been able to pick up on, but it's not consistent and um, it's just, it's difficult when I look at things from the perspective of like the palette that I now have on beer and I know how, because at one time I didn't have that. So I know that with whiskey, I just, I don't have that yet. And, and what I think I have is, is so little compared to like other people that I've seen that do make content off of that and what, how they're able to describe those things. Um, so that's another one. Um, and wine, it, you know, is, is another, I red wine specifically. Um, I, I do appreciate fruity, um, in some senses, but specifically usually like either really vinegary earthy is my absolute favorite, but, um, just, you know, dry reds. Um, but at the same time, either with that or with liquor, um, I'm also, the purpose of those channels is also for me to, for one, um, have an excuse to try other styles and things like that, that I have not liked, or I have not given myself really a chance to like, because I, I want to be able to find what are the, like, I want my palate, you know, if I had stuck, this is how I look at it, right? If I had stuck with only continuing to drink the beers that I thought that I liked when I first started drinking, I would have not gotten the palate that I have now because that palate was born out of pushing so many different boundaries, whether it's in style or it's in, you know, specific flavors that are nuanced in the different beers. Um, and if I had decided to just say like, oh no, I really like, I like the first thing that I, I, I didn't like when I first started drinking beers, the craft beers was like the dankiness of a really good double IPA. Um, not specifically only doubles, but doubles are normally what has some real kick and dank to it. Um, I hated that when I first started. That's like the IPA that I crave now, you know? Um, and it's because I only hated it the first time that I had it because it was just so different and it was off-putting. And then I went back and when I had it the second time, I was like, this is the shit. Or, or I can't even say that. The second time I had it, it was like, okay, I actually don't mind this as much now. And then after that point, it started really building up. And it's not the only beer that that happened with, right? So I know that with wine and with liquor, I, I would really like to get to the point to where for one, I can develop more of a palette and really kind of find out what I prefer and what are elements that I do and don't. But I also want to be able to get to the point where I can have choice liquors, like preferences on liquors, no matter what it is. Um, so that's another side of it that, that I would like to have. I would, I would like to be more of a sophisticated drinker, if that makes sense, you know? It's not because I want to know what's the best thing to get fucked up on, no matter, you know, what you're drinking or what you have in front of you. It's because I would, for me, when I drink, um, it's not like I don't drink to, you know, get fucked up because, of course, but at the same time, a lot of it really is wanting to enjoy the taste of that throughout it. You know, even when I have cocktails and stuff like that, my choice cocktails are very, or they're supposed to be very liquor forward 
cocktails, um, less of a, a blend of other things. Now, being with Abigail and having her um, make certain cocktails like that or push me to uh, try stuff like that when we've been out in public, I've definitely gotten more of an appreciation for cocktails that are not liquor forward. Um, and it helps that I just, I appreciate alcohol as a whole, you know, the poison that it is. Um, so I do, I have gotten more of a, of an appreciation for that. Um, but if it's, if it's up to me, you know, if I'm out of public, I'm either getting straight liquor or I'm getting like an old fashioned or something like that. If they can make it, which a lot of people tell you they can't, they fucking cannot. Um, so yeah, that's, that's another big part of my content that I want to be putting out. Um, now really the, the tough thing is, is, is this next step, which is, I have a lot more content that I want to do, but it's it's very different and it kind of takes a prerequisite happening. So um, Abigail and mine's real plan and, and the real long-term thing that kind of changes our situation dramatically is, and not only that, the, the reason that we moved to France because it was not a, a random country pick. It was not just something that we did because, hey, it's France, so, you know, it's cool. Um, what we would like to do is we, we would like to eventually buy a chateau. Um, we'd like to buy a chateau and um, preferably, preferably one that, um, you know, is, is going to be cheap enough that it's it's doable to be able to do the work to it that we know that we're going to have to. Um, we'd really like to have one that has a lot of land uh, because there's things that we would like to do, you know, with that land that you know, we would really appreciate being able to have that. Um, and just being able to enjoy the land, you know, which is cool to be able to have. Um, and we both are kind of set on looking or trying to find ones that are more set in like a, in a more of a Gothic tone. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really when, when I think content changes in the way that I've, like I've talked about it before now. And I, and I kind of, I'll be honest, like I, I struggled knowing whether or not I felt like I wanted to talk about this because like I said earlier, I never want anyone to feel like there's a, a ticking time, like a, a ticking time bomb, a, a ticking clock on how much longer you get, you know, video game streaming or podcasting or, you know, videos about Heroescape or Magic because I can't necessarily say that I know when, you know, I'm going to have time for certain things or when I'm still going to have the interest, you know, to do certain things. I, I don't know. But what I will say is that in getting the chateau there i think that there will definitely be changes in the content that's able to be produced at that point and i only say that not to say you know we go on a hiatus and you don't see anything from us for a while but really what a lot of it is going to be when we when we do get that chateau is that there's there's going to be a lot of work to be done and by the way i don't i meant to say this a minute ago and i didn't if you don't know what a chateau is it's basically it's a castle you know, um, chateau is a word that was put to it, um, or was given to it in, specifically in France. Um, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I don't, I don't know if chateau just, let's see, English to French translation, Google translate, my best friend, chateau. That's not what I meant to do because that was English to French. Castle is just what that means. Now the thing is, is that in France, because there's there's multiple countries um, in 
the EU and really not even just in the EU, there's plenty of places um, over here that, that have castles. Um, this is not the only country that does. The difference though is that chateaus were, there's a lot of them. Um, there's a good amount of, of places that you can still get and, and they're relatively cheap. I mean, there has been some, I think, uh, new light shed on some of them over the past few years. There's been, you know, like certain TV shows and, and some of the um, chateau owners are kind of, have gotten pretty big on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, so there's there's been some hype built around it, I think, to where maybe some places are not as cheap as they once would have been. But the other thing is, is that it's a very specific kind of person that decides that they want to, you know, buy a chateau. Um, we've watched a lot of stuff on, on YouTube or uh, if a lot of people, when you say chateau, they think of Escape to the Chateau uh, with Thick and Angel, which is... Um, we didn't know. I didn't even know that so many people knew about that show until after we started talking to people about wanting to do this. And they were like, oh, you've seen that show, right? And you're like, yeah, we have. Like, um, I think I think it did some time on TLC or um, was it TLC or was it um, HGTV I meant? Yeah, I think it had some time on HGTV. So that's that's how people in the U.S. knew about it. Um, we watched all Peacock. But yeah, so once once we're there, I think... I mean, for one, there's a lot of work that goes into it. That's why I said it's it's a specific kind of person that wants to do that. It's cool to think about the idea of, you know, living in a castle and, and having a place like that for yourself, but there's a lot of work that'll go into it. And um, that's also why, you know, besides the point that we didn't have the money, you know, to be able to do it, we also the reason that we got over here and decided that we wanted to start doing these things first is, is for one in complete transparency, uh, is, you know, I do think that at some point, I mean, the things that I'm doing on Twitch, that kind of stuff is already like donation based, you know, um, there's elements to YouTube. I know and that to where you can like donate to people directly on there, you know, a lot of what content creation is today is based off of donation or, you know, even with YouTube doing something like a Patreon or whatever, that's based off of people deciding that they want to, you know, jump on there and um, pay money to see more of your content, even if you do free content outside of that. So um, I think some people are really weird about being honest that, you know, crowdfunding in, in whatever whatever, um, how would I say that? Whatever, however you decide to, um, implement that into, you know, what your plan is. I think some people are kind of like weird about being honest about that. And I, I don't see the point in it. You know, um, I feel like that's a very valid thing. The way that I look at it and, and why I, I decided on this podcast that I did want to talk about it was wanted to talk about the whole plan. It's like I said, I, I want people to feel like they know you know, what the plan is going forward. I want people to feel like they know why it is that we're doing the things that we're doing now, what we have next, what we really want. And I think that if people, I, I hope that if people see that and at a certain point are going to be able to see like, oh, well, around the corner is this thing, right? 
And it's not, it's not a matter of saying like, hey, keep giving me your money so I can keep doing stuff for you. Because it's not, it's not a begging thing, right? I mean, it's going to happen one way or the other. If we get to a certain point and we stay stagnant and we just keep going, like, you know, there's, there's controls in place and there's, there's, you know, planning that we've done to try to eventually make things happen, whether it's the long road or the short road, right? But the quicker that we get there, the quicker that, you know, we're able to give everyone, hopefully, the shit that they want to see. And that's how I look at it, really, is that people who are going to come on and listen to this or watch streaming or whatever it may be, people who are going to not just watch those things and like that one type of um, that interest that I have or that, you know, Abigail and I have, but they start to appreciate and follow me, Abigail, the rest of the people in the group that are all going to be having their own types of content or their own, um, you know, artistic creations that they have, people are going to, over time, become invested in the growth of us individually and as a group. And that's what I hope for. And this chateau is really, I think, what makes a big difference in being able to see the full scope of what it is that, you know, someone like me has to offer and, and Abigail and I have to offer as far as content goes. Because beyond the work that needs to be done on the chateau as far as like getting it to a point to where we can live in it. Um, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of content that comes out of that, you know, and it's going to be very different than, you know, video gaming and playing card games, but it'll be us, you know, we, we really want to do a lot of that work ourselves. Um, I, I don't know how, you know, I mean, even people that are, I think more equipped maybe than I am older than I am, um, more direct experience with doing some stuff around that, um, you know, they've had to call on people at one time or another. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see when we get there, but I, I can tell you that a lot of it, you know, we really want to do ourselves. We would love to do all of it ourselves if we really can. I mean, you know, run equipment to be able to do certain bits of it, but not necessarily have to rely on other people to come in and do stuff. Um, when it comes to actually getting the place renovated, um, beyond that point, some of the other things that are really important to us that we want to be able to do there is um, gardening, for one. I would love, love to be able to have outbuildings that are there with it, specifically like being able to have a really dedicated gardening area. If I would have to build something like that, that's fine. I would not have a problem with necessarily doing that either. Um, I'm sure that there will be plenty of like loose stone and stuff like that um, on the property to be able to reallocate to something like that. But... Um, yeah, there's been a lot of chateaus that have had like a, you know, a walled garden or something like that. Usually complete shit, uh, you know, when you buy the place. But it's amazing when you, you know, see people literally just being able to like pull vines off a wall and, you know, like break up some of the shit and just get it to a point to where it's like clean again and be like, oh my God, it's a complete difference. And then obviously once you get into, for me and where I get off on that is learning what's the right things like what are the things that we need the most as far as to become self-sufficient on our, you know, food growing. Um, and then being able to find out like when's the balance of when to have things planted and when to harvest and, you know, all the formulaic aspects of it. Um, you know, that's what I'm excited for obviously is being able to plan all that kind of stuff out and then see it come to fruition and then tweak little aspects of it to really like get the most out of it. Um, but yeah, we'd like to grow our own, you know, herbs, spices, uh, you know, um, fruits, vegetables, 
flowers, um, you know, have bees and stuff like that to be able to keep those things going, like all that kind of stuff. I, that's definitely what we would like to do. And then not only that, I would really like to be able to um, have like ranching going on there as well. So being able to, um, again, very different than I think what people who have known my channel up until that point will expect out of me, but um, I've been a hunter since I was, well, I got my hunting license in the US when I was 10. Um, I would like to, another reason why I would like to have the, you know, a lot of properties to be able to hunt on my own property. Uh, but beyond that point, I would like to be able to have the ranching and then really put a focus on the channel at, you know, what it is to care for those animals, but then also on the backside of it, um, being able to explain, um, how we use, you know, all aspects of that animal. That's something that because I've not, for one, not had the practice and the know-how, um, up until this point, but also because I haven't had the space to really, um, dedicate to it, it up until this point in my life, I would really, really like to be able to feel like when I'm done processing an animal, which I, I know is weird for some people to hear, but when I'm, when I'm done taking everything that I need from that animal, it's, there's nothing, you know, I, that's one of the biggest things that have always bugged me. Um, when I have hunted is that, I mean, we, you know, we, my dad and I, and really my dad for the most part, only on the last couple of months that I, did I, you know, go out there and help him actually cut, cut down the whole thing. But, um, you know, we do butcher our own meat that we would, uh, that we would hunt. Uh, but there's, there's elements to it that, you know, there's bits of it that you, we've ended up, you know, throwing out, um, and it's not like we're, you know, throwing out whole cuts of meat or anything like that, but there are bits to it to where it's like, I, I've looked at it for a while now, I've been like, if I really challenge myself and if I had, you also have to have the space to really dedicate to it and you have to do research to find out like, I don't know, what do I, how do I use the hooves? You know, what do I, what do I do? What benefit does that have if I, if I have something to be able to like grind them up, would I be able to use that meal, you know, to, I don't know, put in the comp? I have, I have no idea. I really don't know at this point, but it's, it's something that other cultures or at one time or another have put more of an emphasis on. And it's something that I would really like to go back to. So whether that's with our plants or it's with animals, both that I've hunted or that I've ranched, like that's what I would like to do. And as a caveat as well, the whole channel is not going to be based around me killing the animals and all the processing with it. There will be the other side to it as well, where you do get to see the care of them. Abigail's put in a uh, caveat with me being able to do something like that so that we know where all of our meat's coming from, where she, with every animal that we have that is, you know, there basically for processing, let's say, uh, that she would like to have a pet one. So, You'll also be able to see that there will be some of them that do not deal with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, at some point you're going to have to have a little bit of a strong stomach if you want to jump on there and it's not going to be in your face, you know, it's not going to be thumbnail, big bloody shit just to, you know, bring people in it. You know, it's all respectful. That's, that's what it's supposed to be in my head. Um, what was I going to say as well? I, in... In line with that, I would also like to be able to, you know, put more time into being able to go back to hunting again as well, um, which the, um, 
the culture on that's you know different over here um you know it'll really just be me doing that because it'll be on my uh on my own property but yeah just being able to kind of include that in there as well um along with animal care the other big thing that i would really like to be able to do when i'm there is to finally be able to get my reptiles again um if you have watched the other podcast, you've seen that we've got uh, three cats. We have Kitty, Oliver, and Shadow. Um, and I have had other, let's say, fluffy animals in my life um, at one time or another, but my heart lies with the little scaly boys and chicas, scaly boys and girls. Um, why do I like reptiles? I like reptiles because they don't give a shit about me. Um, I've had cool relationships with some of them. Some of them have been dicks. Um, don't get me wrong. I don't like the asshole ones. They're, they're rude. But um, it is possible to form a good relationship with them. But I know ultimately they don't really give a fuck. They just want to eat and chill. And run around and be active and do their thing. And not only that, I... Uh, sensationally, I do like petting the scales and having the scales touch me than fur. And I know that's weird to a lot of people, and it just proves the fact that I'm, like, a, a weird person. But um, I do appreciate that a whole lot more. There's something sensory about it I just like. Um, I like that they have a very lifeless stare, and... Yeah, I don't know. There's just, and uh, to be honest with you too, I do like that, although it's ultimately, you know, up to me to take care of them and stuff like that, that they're kind of relatively contained, you know, unless I decide to take them out, which I would like to do plenty of times too, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, I love being able to, with some of the animals I have before, like, one of my big things that I always want is to be able to interact, you know, with the reptiles that I have, but um, the ones that I want are big boys um and i don't know exactly how that all works with france right now um because i've not really looked into it as far as like what exotic pets you're allowed to have there and everything but theoretically what i've always wanted to do is to you know really focus on um larger lizards and snakes specifically like monitors pythons boas crocodilians stuff like that some small stuff don't get me wrong um but yeah I just, I love them. I would love to have a bunch of them and then, you know, be able to have, breed my own feeder insects and, and the, uh, you know, rodents and stuff like that. Again, that goes back to like, you know, growing my own stuff and being self-sufficient and everything like that. Um, what else was I going to say? Yeah, so then with the Chateau, what, what then becomes, you know, another big content builder on the backside of it is... Um, going away from, well, I can't exactly say going away from filming it because plenty of it would still be filmed, but um, another big thing that we really want to do there is to um, have events. Um, so part of it is events and event planning as far as like, you know, most chateaus like we're getting married at are, um, you know, used for weddings and stuff like that. Um, but we've, we've thought about other events outside of that, you know, being able to do banquets or, or balls or stuff like that, like really elegant things, I think, um, that a company would want to, you know, come out and do or, or a certain group or whatever. Um, 
So that would be another thing, um, being able to organize kind of like our own events that we would want that, you know, we'd be pushing. Um, you know, we've talked about Abigail's idea that I've really liked a lot has been, you know, talking about kind of doing some of these timepiece things, uh, which would be cool. That's something that some of those, uh, some of the chateaus have done that have, you know, but I think other ones that we've seen have been more like a, like a party and, um, we haven't, obviously, I mean, it's, it's far enough down the road. We haven't gotten enough really concrete ideas in there yet, but, um, it is cool to think about that. And then there's also like the, I don't know if you would call it almost like a daily stay side of that as well, because, you know, I think that there would be openings to be able to, you know, have people just come and stay without it necessarily being for a big event. Um, and then being able to do things that are surrounding, like, um, doing showcases of food, um, or of wine, liquor, um, beer, or, uh, pairings, um, so yeah, those are all interesting. It just, it's hard now when I talk about it because it's like, there's a lot of different things that we've talked about with the Chateau, but it's all stuff that, you know, we talk about it now and it really takes like getting to that point to be able to open up those doors and open up those possibilities. So um, yeah, I talk about it now just because for one, I didn't want to feel like it was something that I was, um, like I was beating around the bush on, you know, from this point forward. I don't want to feel like there's things that I'm, not talking about. Um, but beyond that, I want people to, you know, whoever is listening early on, uh, aside from, you know, obviously family and friends and stuff like that, to feel like they, they know what the path is, um, going down. Um, because that's, you know, that's really what the ultimate goal is for, for us being here. And I, I think that although I have ideas of how that changes or, you know, pauses or stops some of the content that I have now, I really don't know. Um, and it's easy for me to say any of that now, but I also don't know how things change when it comes to how we're able to utilize certain bits of technology, how much more knowledge we have with that. So how much easier certain things become, um, staffing along the way, you know, because that's another big thing that Abigail and I have talked about and it means different things for each of us because we have different things that we're doing. Um, but really like taking some of the things that along the way you either of us feel like this is no longer, you know, value added, um, value added stuff that we're doing, right? It takes away from being able to make more content and it's things that if people were able to look at your track record or your procedures that you've done or whatever it may be, they could realistically do the same thing. So like me talking about the editing thing, I don't want to edit my own videos forever. And that might seem, you know, pretentious or whatever, but, um, I don't want to. And it's not because I, it's not because I, I don't like editing or because I, you know, don't feel like I do an okay job at it. Granted, I've not really done like editing, editing. It's been very light. It's basically just cropping, you know, snipping videos and stuff like that. Um, but I just feel like, because I know that it's not always going to be like that. And there's possibly going to be times where I am going to have to do, you know, more advanced stuff when it comes to actually filming YouTube videos. Um, I look at it and say, I think that there's people that are probably, they, like I talked about knowing, you know, the technology itself better for one, but I think beyond that, there are people that know the ins and outs of things like that way better than I do. And, and my big thing, just like with, 
anything else, whether it comes to like finances or, you know, certain things about, I don't know, like getting property and stuff like that. There's, there's so many ambitious things that, that, you know, I or, or Abigail and I want to do. Um, and there's certain things where I think like it's value added to learn how to do things yourself. There's certain times where you have to just buckle down and learn how to do things yourself. And then there's other stuff where I feel like you are better off just getting the money to pay someone else to do it and do it right. And when it comes to editing, um, it's not just that it's, it's having someone to advise on what to get, um, what to, what kind of equipment and hardware is going to take you to the next level as well. Um, so like kind of knowing not just cause that there's, those are all things that I just don't know. I've had people try to explain to me that knew how to like, you know, build PCs and stuff like that. And, and they've said, okay, here's what you can get. That's going to, you know, get you close enough to what it is that you're trying to do and still be, you know, decent quality. And then once you've got X amount of money, then you can go for this stuff, which will really take you up to the next. And there's just a lot of that to where one, I don't know it now. And two, I honestly could give a fuck. I don't, I don't care about knowing those kind of things. Um, now the good thing is that there's other people even within the group that know some of those things better than I do. Um, there's other people that, you know, might know even more than that. Um, so that's really what I would want is, is for one, I, I want someone to make these really educated decisions on where to go with the technology and how to really make, how to continue elevating the quality of the content that we put out. Um, and I want someone to be able to take the time to do things like edit or produce things, write fucking descriptions on, on stuff. There's, there's elements of that, that it's just not me. Like I have to, you have to, if you want to become relevant, and I'm sorry if that's not the word that people think that I should be using for, but that's, that's what seems like the best word for me to use. Let's become relevant to some people, right? You have, there are like certain rules when it comes to your content making that you have to do. And they're just not the kind of person that I am. And, uh, you know, just like when I was talking about the whole social media thing before, like it's something that I have to learn right now because there's no one else that can do it for me. Um, and I just have to find a way to make that work. And there's certain decisions that I'm going to have to make for it right now to try to get to a point to where, you know, we're making money sooner so that it helps our situation sooner. But there's a certain point, like, I don't want to have to manage any of that. I don't want to have to manage, you know, how I don't want to have to manage on my laptop, you know, what it takes to be able to snip describe title and then produce these videos so that I can upload it into YouTube. Like that's so much time that, like I said, I have no problem doing it now because I have to do it now. But at some point I, I don't want to have to do it because that's so much time that I feel like I could be doing other things for people. Whereas if I was just able to say, okay, this is my three hour podcast I'm doing once a week. I do that. And then the next, you know, and then when I'm done with this, I'm able to hand it off to somebody and have them start, you know, working on, okay, here's, you know, let's sync up the parts that we need to sync up between the mic and the camera. Let's, you know, splice up the video where we need to and make it these clean transitions. Let's 
find highlights of it and be able to put that up somewhere. Let's find clips off of those highlights. Like no matter what it is, to be able to go through and do all that, pr produce everything, upload everything, and get through all that and feel like, okay, that's it. We're good, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's where I'm at. I, I feel like I, it's things that I, I'm fine with doing now, obviously, but some point, someone coming in and doing all that. I think that that's also something else that's going to elevate, you know, um, the content that I'm able to make, not just what I'm able to produce and the quality of it, but the amount of time that I have to spend on it, the amount of time that I could be working on something else, you know, that's something that although the money is very important to be able to further along some of the content, the other side of it is also in what I started off this podcast kind of mentioning a little bit was the other side is the time management. And for me, honestly, time management is something that I have always really had a struggle with because as a lot of people that would tell you, um, that have known me for a long time. Time management is, I can't even necessarily say time management. I, I'm somebody who has always struggled at basically being able to be disciplined without being unhealthy, right? And, it, and basically to either flip of the coin. So I've had times, like when I was talking about my frugality with money earlier, I think that's the word, frugality, maybe? Maybe I just made that up. Um, you know, there have been times where I have been like super regimented with that, with that, with money, with time, with the responsibilities. Like there has been times where I have, there has not been a minute wasted. I am one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And um, the problem with me is that I know myself enough to know that I can do that. I become very robotic. And forget the fact that I'm a person, I think, and like I need to do things like eat and sleep properly and take care of myself and keep up relationships with other people. And um, so yeah, especially now with being with somebody else, being with Abigail, like there's certain bits of that that I think that I really have to pay attention to now because at some point, like when it's other people on the outside, um, when, you know, I don't have a pet that I got to take care of when I'm not seeing anybody outside of work and it's just me doing my thing. Like that's, I didn't have anything else to worry about. And so I was able to do that if I wanted to. And, um, now obviously it's not just me. And so there's elements of that to where I don't feel like I can do that because I do have to worry about how things like that are perceived from, you know, other people outside of me. And although it started with me kind of worrying about that when it came to Abigail, it's, you know, it's extended beyond that. There's people that I really care about in my life that I don't want to feel like I'm just like throwing up middle fingers and, and you know, moonwalking out of the room and going to doing my own thing for forever. But the other problem is, is that in knowing that about myself, which I knew that about myself, I don't know how early on I had, I can't tell you when it is that I started recognizing that I had an unhealthy balance of maybe over committing to just cranking shit out. Um, but I did recognize that that would happen. And then I would start to feel like, okay, I need to, 
really what happens is I, I, I wear myself out. That's, it's, always a, it's always a short burst of doing that. And I go so hard that when I finally give myself a break, I can't walk away from the break. And that's what's always been tough is that it's like, it's this swinging of being 100% on point and then completely 0% effort and just being like, whatever. I and, and I never go into, I've never once, well, I can't say that. I don't usually go into the break feeling like I'm intentionally not doing that thing. A lot of times what it is is that I feel like man, I've really been pushing myself too hard. I need to remember the fact that I need to, you know, take care of myself. And so I would do that. And then because of, you know, other bullshit going on, you know, with dealing with mental illness and stuff like that, those, those breaks ended up becoming very quickly an unhealthy thing in the complete opposite direction. And then it was like, it's not like I necessarily took care of myself then. You know, I, I would, I would still have times where I wasn't taking care of, you know, those simple things, eating, you know, sleeping, um, hygiene and stuff like that. Like very, very simple things that it was just that I had committed to something in the opposite direction without really meaning to, which was not fucking caring. So that's the problem when it comes to my time management now, um, or not the problem, but it's one of the problems that I have right now is I've always looked at what was the next thing or the next change in my situation that was going to be the catalyst of change that was going to break me out of being like that. And um, I think I've recognized at this point that it's just, that's just the person that I have been for a long time. So even if it's not the person that I really am, or that I have to be, it's who I am right now, and it's something that I have to fight very often. Um, so the tough thing is, is that like, if I can look at my most recent big transition, that was from working a job, you know, 40 hours a week, to being in the position I'm in now where I don't have anyone telling me anything that I have to do. It's all up to me to do it. I always said at the time, well, I can't say I said it this last time. I was, I was, I feel like I was relatively measured this last time with trying to not feel like this going into the next transition. But a lot of times in the past, what I would have said, I think is that when that changes, right? When I, when I don't have that job to go to, when I don't have that drive to go to, when I don't have X, Y, and Z that I'm dealing with, things will be different. I'll be able to do this and that and the other. And I had all these things planned out and then it's like, you get into it and you realize, oh, life's not all that different. It's just it's changed, right? But I, you still have to deal with the same bullshit internally. At least I do, right? I can't say everyone does, but I do. Um, so now I think what a, what a big thing that I realize is, is that I have, just like with my time management where I have to find this, um, this balance, which is very difficult for me to do. I have to find a balance between being regimented and allowing myself to not be regimented. So what that means for me and, and what I've still been trying to kind of figure out and, and find what that balance is between the two is that I have some things like doing this podcast, 
doing having my streaming schedule, doing the podcast with Abigail, when I need to go to bed, when I need to wake up, that I need to try really, really hard to have set times for. Um, and to feel like I can have those times where I'm, I'm dedicating, you know, to doing certain things. And the more that I'm able to dedicate those, and not only that, but make sure that I'm regimented in what I do in my free time. Making sure that when I have free time, that when I have something like a backlog of editing to do, that I'm choosing to do that and not get discouraged by the fact that my current situation is not what I thought that it was going to be when I planned out this moment in time. And that's the thing that I've always struggled with in the past is it's not necessarily that I've never been, I've never recognized in the middle of it that I was being unhealthy in one way or the other. It's that when I would do things to regiment myself, I would be so regimented that when I fucked any bit of that up, it was like I fucked up the whole thing. And that's something that I've, I've really, I think that I noticed that about myself and I've really, really struggled to not fall back into that. But it, it's, a, it's a constant battle for me because, you know, plenty of the time here, like, I don't wake up when I want to. I don't get out of bed as quickly as after waking up that I wish that I would. So my day starts later than I want it to. Um, I come out here and the things that I'm doing in the morning are taking longer than I expected them to, even though I've, I've basically been in the same kind of routine for a while now. So a lot of the day has passed before I'm actually getting started on it. There's little things here and there. And, and there are some things with this place that will be different when we're at the next spot, like not having to, you know, fuel the fire and keep tending back to that and, and not having to feel like cold a lot of the time and, and feeling like that's affecting my, um, my drive, my motivation, because it does, it, it definitely affects that. So there's elements to that to where I can say in a healthy way, like I know that some little things will change and maybe it'll make some things a little bit easier, but it's still a battle. It's still a fight with myself. And I, and I recognize that for what it is now. Um, but there's all these little things throughout the day. You know, I didn't brush my teeth in between the things that I wanted to the way that I had planned. I didn't, you know, use mouthwash when I brushed my teeth this time because I was rushing to go do something else. Like those, those very, very simple things that I think to a lot of other people are like, okay, so fucking what? Like, you know, brush your teeth again or use mouthwash later on when you thought about it or whatever it may be were debilitating to me um, and, and still fight to be debilitating to me because all of those things, it's, I think for a lot of people, what they're able to do a lot of times is either to put that out of their mind and to say, you know, that's not an important thing to worry about right now or to say, I'm just working on this right now. So whatever, I'll get back to that later. And that's so, so hard for me because I think a lot of those things just kind of circulate in my head. And so what I've allowed myself to do in the past is to get really, really kind of brought down by the fact that all those things I did wrong, right? I didn't do exactly what I wanted the way that I wanted to do it. And so because of that, I fucked up, which means because I fucked up right there, I'm a fuck up and my whole day is gone to shit. And that's a lot of times what it would be. That's honestly one of the mentalities that it's difficult for me not to fall into now. And why I say that it's a constant fight in a battle because it, 
even though I am better with not dealing like that or with not dealing with the situation like that and even though there are small things like now I look at it as more of okay so you messed up X Y and Z throughout the day and I try to be honest with myself about that right how important were the things that you messed up right and how can you just try to do that better tomorrow right because some of that at one time or another was things with the stream some of it is still things with the stream which from the outside looking in are, are relatively you know packed down type but you know sometimes i get on, sometimes i'm not thinking about things and i end up being unrealistic with the things that i can get done before i do the stream and i end up getting on there 15 20 30 minutes late and i'm and i'm pissed at myself when i do that cuz now what that means is is on the backside of it because I, I want to be able to get in my three hours, which is what I, you know, put up for doing the stream. I want to get those three hours in. So that means now I'm not getting off at 11 o'clock. I'm getting off at 1130 my time or 1145 my time or whatever the fuck it is. Right. So now I'm, there's things that I'm trying to do after the fact and, you know, then trying to get back to bed on time and trying to actually get to sleep on top. Excuse me. Not just, you know, getting back to bed. So at one time, those that compounding bit of you know you fuck this up you fuck that up and just feeling like that over and over again it was really really hard for me not to feel like a piece of shit all the time and i still do feel like that a lot of times now i think but it's it's i'm i i challenge myself i think to look at it in a different light and just to say you're you're in it right now you're in the heat of things of trying to work with yourself, right? And work with another person too. I mean, I'm living and in, in doing all these things with Abigail. Even if it's only my thing of content that I'm doing, like there is a give and take with Abigail with all those kind of things. We have the cats to be able to, you know, that we have to make sure that we're taken care of as well. So it's not just me that's in that. Um, and part of that obviously brings in more adversity and it, and it brings in some unknown factors or things like that, that maybe make it in some senses more difficult than if I was just doing it on my own. But I also know at the same time that I wouldn't be able to be doing the things that I'm doing right now if it wasn't for, you know, having the, the resource that is, you know, Abigail, having the, the, you know, comfort aspects that are her and then also being able to have her to be able to get my head out of my own ass when I do get too caught up with the battle that it is, you know? So that's really a lot of what I feel like I is, you know, an ultra personal struggle that I deal with right now. Another thing that you'll find out about me through ha through listening to this or anything else that I have, I really don't have any like social lines of what I feel like is or is not appropriate for you to know about me. There's very few things that I will keep, um, especially when it comes down to like super personal, you know, shit like that. It doesn't really bother me to have anyone else knowing that because everyone else, you know, deals with it. It's just different for everyone. Um, so yeah, I don't have that, uh, like that sensor where I feel like you now know too much about me. And also like if I'm, I also look at it and say, if you're going to be someone who does something like this and you want people to give a shit about you, like you have to, you have to talk about stuff like that. Not like that specifically. If that's not you, it doesn't have to be you, but you have to be willing to not 
mince words because you're still looking at things like, you don't know me and I don't want you to know me. Because the whole point of doing any of this is for people to feel like they do know me, right? At least to whatever extent they can. I mean, you know what, you know, an a, you know various aspects of me. You don't know me in total, but I, I want people to feel like they, I look at, I look at other podcasts that I've listened to and stuff like that. And you do, if people are doing things the way they should be, in my opinion, you really do get to know that person before you've even really gotten to know that person, you know, if that makes sense. But yeah, I, um, I look at it and just, I think that being in the, in, you know, what you could call the public eye in a way, right? Being somebody who is sitting here and, you know, rambling for three hours, going on a, a stream for three hours, which I ramble on there too. I mean, I either go from being pretty quiet or rambling on there because I don't got anyone watch me right now. So there's nobody throwing anything in the chat a lot of the times. I don't have people that I'm like on there conversing with. So yeah, there's, there's moments like this where it's like, I mean, in a way the people that give a shit enough to, you know, watch stuff like this, whether it's that you're watching it now or, um, you end up coming back, you know, after the fact and doing a, a deep, deep dive enough back to, you know, watch this shit. Like you have to kind of know me and you have to, I think in, in a position like this, you have to just be willing to put the sense of self like out the window. Granted, I won't act like I'm doing some fucking chivalrous noble thing by, you know, airing out my shit like this because I honestly do this anyways with people. I I get a little bit too personal, too comfortable pretty quickly. So now I'm just doing it with the whole fucking internet. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I could, I don't really, I, I, I keep acting like I'm going to go back to what I was saying, but I feel like I kind of like said everything that I was going to with it. So I don't really think I need to. Um, I think what I'm going to go to now is some random thing because I, I talked about doing that forever ago. And then, uh, I didn't end up having to do it, but what's this? Questions. Have you ever been to Comic-Con? No, I've not been to Comic-Con. Would I ever go to Comic-Con? Probably not. Um, it does not bother me that Comic-Con is a thing in the same way that it bothers a lot of other people. Um, I... I talked a lot of shit earlier about weird people and a lot of you weirdies do go to some shit like Comic-Con. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. There are certain, again, there are people that have done shit for Comic-Con, not even necessarily Comic-Con, but like cosplay and things like that, that do really, really cool shit. And outside of that, I've looked at some of their other stuff and they're a relatively normal person, right? So like if I, if I see some dude do some like really crazy over the top thing for a cosplay thing, that's super cool to me. I would never really do something like that, but that's really cool. Um, you know, and I get like, you know, celebrities and stuff like that go there and people want to meet them as well. Like I can't fault you for that. Sure. That's cool. I'm not someone who's ever, you know, 
wanted to like go do something just to like cherry pick celebrities or anything like that. I'm not saying that's why everyone goes to Comic-Con, calm down, but you know, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, if you, if you want to go for that or any other reason, I mean, even if it's just, here's the other thing too. I honestly only know very small bits of what the fuck Comic-Con really is. So I can't even talk all that much shit because, I mean, I know that it's things that don't really interest me, but I can't even sit here and, you know, be like, oh, if you want to go for this, I get that. But if you're going for this, like, that's, that's dumb. I don't know. Um, but no, I've never gone. I don't think I ever really will. I do appreciate comics, or at least I did more at one time. Um, not really my thing anymore. Um, that's a, that's a, area of geekiness that I'm not really into. Not only that, um, I do not like Marvel. I don't like the Marvel Universe. I've seen very few of them. Um, like, very few of the, the movies surrounding that. Like, I saw Thor 1 and... Or, Thor. I saw Iron Man 1 and 2, but that was before people were really making it into, like, oh, we're building the MCU. Um, that was just like new wave, good quality Marvel movies. So I saw those, those, I don't know why I said it like that. I saw those. Um, I don't think I ever saw Iron Man three. Um, I'm going to get a lot of these wrong too. I saw, I think I saw the first Thor, not that long after it came out, maybe, I think like my family and I watched that together. My family and I watched Iron Man 1 and 2 together as well. Um, I watched Thor Ragnarok, not of my choosing, because I was dating this girl and her uncle was really into Marvel. I think Marvel and DC maybe. Maybe it was just Marvel that he was into. But he, he really liked all that kind of stuff and so he... We went over to their place to hang out one day, and I forget what else was going on, but I was basically just like chilling in the living room with him watching that. I didn't see all of it because it was already on when I got there, but I got the gist of it. Um, what else have I seen? A couple of the new, I didn't see Spider-Man, the new Spider-Mans with Tom Holland, except for the, what was the last one? Far From Home. That's the only one that I've seen. Um, I really don't know if, I've not seen the Avengers movies. I think I saw part of one of them one time. That's the thing, like everything that I've ever seen has been these, a couple of them, yes, I've seen the whole thing, but it's really not been a lot. So, uh, but it, but I did like DC Comics a lot more. Um, my main thing that I really, really liked, the one um, line of comics that I was really into was the Spectre comics. Um, I found there was a, a thrift store, or not a thrift store, I guess it was a flea market technically, um, that was nearby where uh, my parents' house was. It's actually, it's funny because I ended up buying the house um, few years back like three years ago and it was kind of in between like I passed by it all the time after that but at the time when I was younger like we didn't necessarily you know go out there a ton and um, 
I found there was uh, one of the booths or whatever had a bunch of these comics in it. And I think it was somebody who had like a giant mega collection of comics and they would just every so often, like when people would buy up some of them, they'd go in and just like refill some other ones. But I found a bunch of them. Um, some, there were a couple skips in between the issues, but I had like Spectre comics from like number zero to I think around like 20 something or 30 something. And then there was a, a few that were misplaced throughout there. So I would say maybe like a total of 15 comics or 20 comics or something like that from Spectre. I really like that. If you don't know what it is, the Spectre is the embodiment of the wrath of God, the Judeo-Christian God infused with a mortal soul. Pretty fucking tough. Um, and then the one opinion that I do have about um, comic books or, you know, all that kind of shit, superhero shit, is my favorite, not hero or villain, but my favorite person in the, um, the DC universe. And that is Hal Jordan. And let me tell you why. I have this opinion. Hal Jordan has the single greatest character arc throughout all of comic book history. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is a very uneducated opinion. The reason that I have this opinion is because at one time, my mom bought me the DC Comics Encyclopedia, and I read that bitch front to back multiple times. So even though it was not complete because there's been plenty of comics that have been written since then and I'm sure new characters and stuff like that have been cycled through. It had a lot of shit in there and then I did a lot of research outside of it because that's when I was into comics. Hal Jordan is the only character in DC, I don't know about Marvel, but the only character to be to have been a hero, a villain, and an anti-hero. Hal Jordan, as most people would know, was uh, if you if you know about this shit, Hal Jordan was one of the um, iterations of the Green Lantern. I think that there have been four or five different Green Lanterns. There's a Green Lantern core. I've also never seen that shitty Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie. So if you think that that's any basis of what I'm talking about, you can go fuck yourself. Although I think that he was playing Hal Jordan in there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I might be wrong. Anyways, there was multiple iterations of the Green Lantern. He was, I think, number two. I'm really trying to scrape at my brain for this. Anyways, at some point, some disaster happened that destroyed his home city, which I think he came... Was it Metropolis? Metro City? Something like that. I don't remember. Something happened and it destroyed his home city. Then, because of that, he was so enraged that he actually transitioned. I think it was something that happened that like the, the Green Lantern Corps kind of failed at something. And so then he blamed them, right? So then he turned. He wasn't Green Lantern anymore. He became the supervillain Parallax. That's a tough fucking name, first of all. Parallax, 
Ven was going through, and I think his main motivation was just killing people in the Green Lantern Corps, right? Um, then, at some point, he ended up either dying by by a superhero's hand, or he or he had like a moment of redemption and sacrificed himself, and then he became what I think was the third, the second or third and final iteration of the Spectre. Now, keep in mind that I the comics that I was reading were from the first guy who was the Spectre, not Hal Jordan. So that has nothing to do with my opinion in this. But then at that point, he became, you know, when he died, his mortal soul mixed with the wrath of God that was hungry for another soul to attach to. And he became the Spectre. And then he was helping out with the Justice League. Yeah, Justice League. So yeah, that's why I think that Hal Jordan is the single best character. It's just because he has an interesting arc. He goes up here, back down, and then rides the middle. You like that? Um, so yeah, that's my long convoluted answer to have I ever been to Comic-Con. This is a dumb question. If you had to swap lives with a character, who would you choose? Um, I don't know. With a character, <clears throat> let's talk about some of the big characters that mean something to me. Tommy Shelby. I just finished Peaky Blinders, by the way. I have been watching that show since it was in, I think, season two. I came around and saw it, and then went back and have rewatched, you know, every time that a new season was coming out. This last time <clears throat> after Helen McQuarrie died, um, R.I.P. One of the baddest bitches that ever done it. Um, uh, the new season came out, season six, and Abigail and I decided to watch it together because I really wanted her to watch it. I was kind of on the Peaky Blinder train. I'm not going to act like I was the one that was watching it before everyone else, but at least from the people that I hung out with, not a lot of people had watched it. And it kind of stayed like that for a while. For me talking with a few people about it, they ended up coming back and, and you know, picking it up after the fact. But, um, yeah, that was, a, that was an emotional ending for me just because, you know, it's tough when you have a show that you've been watching for a long time and it ends. Uh, now, Six Seasons is not necessarily the longest-running show, um, and they have relatively shorter seasons as far as how many episodes are in it. But, excuse me, um, they weren't always all that quick about coming back out with it. So, it has been going on for a while. I don't, even, I don't remember when I started watching it. Oh, shit, I do remember that I was watching it when I was dating that girl who I was talking about before. So that was... Five years ago? And I think that was... I think that was when it was either season two or three. I can't remember. So yeah, it's been around for a while. Um, I do like Tommy a lot. Um, I might or might not have matched with him on a personality test that he, a certain friend of mine had us... had <laughs> Abigail and I take uh, that revealed that I'm just a psychopath because um, all the people that 
apparently my personality related to. Those tests are hard for me because I hate self-evaluation because I think it's so jaded. But at the same time, all the answers that I got, not all of them, but most of the top answers that I got were felt pretty spot on to characters that I felt like I related to for a long time. So, and it was one of those ones where it wasn't just like a, it wasn't a um, strongly disagree, disagree, neutral, agree, strongly agree. And it wasn't something where you were picking answers. It was like, they would have two sides of a spectrum and you would slide the marker for a certain percentage leaning one way or the other. Um, which is interesting because I've never done one like that before, but it stressed me out way more because I would so much rather have had the choices otherwise. But um, yeah, maybe Tommy's one, but I don't know. His life is kind of shit. He's always like dealing with stress and family's always treating him like shit. I don't know about that one. One of the other ones that I related to on there was Red from Blacklist. But I don't know. He runs with some people that I, I wouldn't necessarily want to. I'll tell you, honestly, the one that keeps popping into my head that um, I, yeah, I kind of, okay. The uh, uh, Geralt from The Witcher. I could see, I could, I would, I would not mind being an outcast in that kind of way, you know? Because, yeah, all the common folk, like, give you shit because you're a witcher. But, like, bitch, fuck you. I'm out here killing all these monsters and shit, like... You don't like me because I'm a mutant? How about you come over here and suck this mutant dick? I don't know. I think he's pretty cool. And having having the cat eyes uh, that where you see in the dark and they're like yellow and having the hair like that and uh, being known as just being some, you know, magic resistant badass bitch that's out there taking care of the dirty shit of the world but still like getting some every once in a while. I don't know. That seems pretty cool. Plus, like, fantasy fantasy shit's so much more fun than just, like, you know, real-life stuff. I, I'm, that's my, that's my final answer. Geralt. Geralt of Riviera. Of, of, Riv Rivian. Riviera. <laughs> Geralt of Rivian. That's, that's it. If you had to change your name, what would you choose? Bitch, I have changed my name. My name's Red of the OTD. I already showed this. What are your favorite ice cream toppings? Oh. <laughs> Anyone who knows me well enough has just laughed to themselves. My favorite ice cream toppings? How about I give you my prime, I guess you would call it a sundae. I, it's very... It's a formula, like many things that are important to me. So let me let me give you the fucking breakdown. There's three scoops that go into this. It has to be in a bowl. You do not put this shit in a fucking cone. Do you know why? It ha and it has to be a big bowl too. These three scoops have to have a good amount of room around them, okay? Because this is going to eventually turn into a soup. All right? First flavor. Birthday cake ice cream. Now, let me give you some stipulations on what I expect out of this birthday cake ice cream, okay? First of all, you must have pieces of cake in it. Now, I don't want some compressed bullshit cake. Friendly's does that, and it pisses me off. Because you know what? I still get that fucking birthday cake frenzy. 
and I haven't had one in a minute. It sounds good as shit right now because they got good icing in there. But that those compressed cake cubes, compressed cake cubes, look at that. That shit, it's not it, okay? Let me tell you who does it right. Turkey Hill, all right? Turkey Hill, you're a real one for having the birthday cake ice cream that you do, all right? It is fluffy, but just not even condensed enough. It's like, it's got, it's fluffy, but it's also, it's also packable in a way, right? I'm not picking it out, I'm packing it myself, but I'm just saying, it's like got a dense. It's dense, but it's not compressed. There was an important difference there, and if you don't know it, then you don't know birthday cake ice cream. Let me tell you something else. I don't give a fuck if you put sprinkles in there, okay? Sprinkles does not make it birthday cake, okay? Sprinkles are separate from birthday cake. They are not synonymous. I don't need your wax-filled sugar in my birthday cake ice cream. I'll tell you what I do need, icing, and good icing, okay? Let me tell you what good icing is. Good icing is this very liquid-like, sugary, not, uh, it's borderline cum-like, okay? And I'm not saying how it makes me feel. I'm talking about the, the texture of it, the, the way that it looks, okay? And the only, the only substitute that I would allow for that, and which you would know what I'm talking about if you've had Turkey Hill ice cream, Turkey Hill birthday cake ice cream, the only substitute that I would allow for that is a buttercream-like frosting, which is what Friendly's puts in their stuff. If you had that instead, I have no problem with that. Please give me the buttercream. I love it. I want the sugar. But the sprinkles, we can do without. I don't really need them. Granted, I don't have a problem with them being in there, but if you're going to omit one of the other things, like... If you're going to have cake and sprinkles, and that's all that you're putting in there, there's no icing, you've done it wrong. If you're going to put icing and sprinkles in there, no cake, wrong again. Cake, icing, those are the two things that you need. Sprinkles, maybe. Because I'll be honest with you, even if you don't have them in there, I'm probably going to put them on top. Because that's how it works. Second flavor, we've moved on from that. Second flavor, cookies and cream. Now, there's not a whole lot of ways to fuck up a cookies and cream. If you've, if you've found a way to fuck it up, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't have very much regimentation on that, but you got to have some cookies and cream in there. It's just got to have a lot of chunk of cookie. That's the only thing that I would say. I don't like little giblets of it in there. I don't need the crumbs of a cookie. I need chunks of cookie in it. So I guess I do have a stipulation in there. So there's that. Third thing, chocolate chip cookie dough. Now, here's the thing. I'm somebody who personally does not really get off all that much on chocolate. The chocolate that I like is usually a dark chocolate when I'm having it outside of, you know, something like this. I don't really like hot fudge. I don't really like chocolate chips in and of themselves. I appreciate dark chocolate. Milk chocolate gets to be really annoying for me. Now, something like Oreos, which is kind of borderline not really chocolate anyways, that kind of thing doesn't, you know, I, I love them for what they are. When it comes to the chocolate chip cookie dough, I will be honest in saying that if there is something that is a substitute for chocolate chip cookie dough, which is kind of hard to find, but something along the lines of a peanut butter cookie dough, that's the fucking way to go. The only reason that I don't put that in here is because those are usually like a limited edition or not as easily found thing than a chocolate chip cookie dough. However, the chocolate chips that are in chocolate chip cookie dough are the only thing that kind of get in my, get under my skin, you know? Um, so 
I put that in there to say I, I that's what I would normally get just because it's easy. Honestly, if you're asking my opinion, Turkey Hill across the board for all those things, you're good to go. Okay, I got a good cookies and cream, the best birthday cake for a wide known distributor that I know. And their cookies and cream is, you know, it's or not cookies and cream. Their chocolate chip cookie dough is what it is, right? It's, it's like most of them. The only thing that I don't appreciate is when people put like little bullshit, like almost borderline shreds of cookie dough or some shit like that. Like, give me a glob. I need globs of it. I need to have to chew through the cookie dough in my mouth, please. And don't make... The chocolate chips just as important. You can put little bits of it in, you know, the the cookie dough itself, or a couple little chips in the ice cream. But don't don't try to equate the two of them. People want the cookie dough, okay? They don't give a fuck about them chocolate chips. And if you do, then fuck you. I don't care. I'm talking about me and what I like. So one scoop of each. Bow, bow, bow. In that bowl has to be a good sized bowl, okay? I'm saying like something like this, right? That's not too crazy. The dimension is completely off and I'm trying to show you. But um, you don't want them to be so smushed in there that you're going to have problems putting in your toppings. Toppings, you say? Of course toppings, you bitch. So what we're putting in now is the um, really not even a topping. It's additives, okay? So what we're going to put in is two healthy scoops of peanut butter. What kind of peanut butter am I talking about? Let me tell you what kind of peanut butter you should be getting. And I'm not talking about artisanal peanut butters because if you're someone like that, more power to you, but something that I hope at one time to have more of a uh, taste for, but I don't right now. So I want you to have a creamy, natural peanut butter. Why? One, the natural tastes fucking better, okay? I know that some people like to have really shitty additive-filled um, fake tasting peanut butter, and I'm not gonna lie to you, it tastes good as well. That's fine. But for me, the natural peanut butter just fucking tastes better. And it's really not all that much more expensive if you do it through something like Jif, which I know if it's through Jif, maybe it's not all that natural. I don't care. It tastes more like peanuts, and I like that. But you don't get chunky because why the fuck are you eating nuts while you're having your ice cream? Also, another thing, don't put nuts on your fucking ice cream. Or not, at least not on mine. I don't want no candy pecans. I don't want fucking walnuts. I don't want peanuts on my shit. No. The only way that that's allowed is on one of those prepackaged drumstick things. And I'll tell you right now, if you want to wolf those down, I'm right there with you. But don't put that shit on here, okay? Creamy. Two healthy spoonfuls. Then, one healthy spoonful of Nutella. Why? Nutella, although it was originally invented as a ration, it has become one of the delicacies of the world. Of the world, you ask? Yes. I'm in France, and not only do they have regular Nutella, they have off-brand Nutella. Not just regular off-brand Nutella, hazelnut tautinier, okay? The shit is fire. It's great. Now, I will tell you one thing that sucks when you put it in the, the bowl is that as it's in there with the ice cream, it is going to freeze up in a little bit different of a way than the peanut butter is. See, the peanut butter, you can really spread throughout, get that shit mixed in, and until it's gonna be a little bit more difficult with that. So what you might end up finding useful is to try to parcel off little bits of it and spread it throughout when you're putting it in instead of just putting it in as a glob. I don't know for sure, but I have done that and it has worked and I've appreciated it. Now, next thing that you wanna do, 
This is important for the textural side of things, okay? Dehydrated marshmallows, marshmallows, much like Lucky Charms. If you have, and what do they call them? We always call them the Amish market because that's what the fuck it is. It's just Amish people doing that shit. But um, I guess it would be like an old country market or whatever, you know? I don't know if that's even so much of a thing over here as it is in the U.S. But if you have something like that, they usually have bags of off-brand dehydrated marshmallows. That is the shit. Or if you don't do that, I think like Swissmas or someone like that, or maybe one of the big marshmallow companies, they sell separate uh, or dehydrated ones to be able to put in like hot cocoa or something like that. That's what you want. A healthy amount of those. You can go ahead and cover them. Why? They have such a unique texture when you're biting into that kind of stuff that it is, it's great for that. And the flavor is top notch. I would so much rather prefer something like that over like sprinkles or something like that. Now, here's where you get to be creative on your own end, where you can go off of my formula, whatever sprinkles you want in there. Now, me personally, I don't do anything that's chocolate or something like that because I don't need all that. But like, you know, if you've got some regular sprinkles, I don't like the little tiny balls either because those are like really annoying to bite down on all the time. Just tastes like you're like eating fucking plastic BBs or like, I don't know, I'm not a fan of that. But that, some of the, you know, just be a fat bitch, put that granulated sugar that they call a sprinkle even though it's just sugar. Put that on there, why not? Um, and then finish it off some milk straight up milk in that bitch and then take your spoon and you start mixing all that together you want it to be very you want it to be a thick soup much like a porridge but cold uh yeah and that's that's hunter's way of of making ice cream um I actually haven't been able to, I haven't made that in quite some time now, so it kind of makes me sad that I don't have it in front of me right now because I would make it for you. I'd make a tutorial on how to do it. Um, but yeah, that's fucking ice cream topping. That's how you, that's good shit. Um, what's this question? Have you ever sewed? I've not sewed. Um, I would like to. I would like to get to the point where, um, like one of the other things that I've talked about doing at some point, uh, because I really like being able to, like most of the clothes that I get and stuff are uh, thrifted. Um, I do appreciate being able to do that. There's some brands, mainly Sketchy Tank, that I just would like whore out for every time that they drop something. Like I would get most of the collection every single time they that they drop something and be really happy about that. But um, yeah, there's most of the time I like to thrift stuff and really what I had a good time doing when we were back in the States was going to an outlet thrift because we were able to get a fucking, a um, very, not, not a large shopping cart, but like really kind of piled up and spilling over uh, of fabrics and uh, clothes and stuff like that from this Goodwill outlet and like a couple bags and things. That shit was like 50 bucks or something like that. It was like 80 pounds worth of stuff. Maybe it was the other way, maybe it was 50 pounds worth of stuff and it was 80 bucks, whatever. But either way, dirt cheap for the amount of stuff that we got. 
and uh, I have looked like I, I have felt like one of the big things that I really like um, to wear, which I you know don't wear throughout the day to day the way you know right now, but I would like to be able to wear more often later on is suits and stuff like that. And the kind of suits that I like are a lot more vintage type stuff. I do like some modern suits, but for one, I only wear black. And for two, um, I'm not a big fan of like the slim fit stuff as much. So I would much rather wear um, other kinds of materials and stuff like that. Um, what I would like to be able to do eventually is to be able to just kind of like make my own. Uh, not only for that, but for... Um, other clothes as well, or at least be able to get stuff that obviously doesn't fit and alter it down to where it can. Um, that's something that Abigail's able to do. Uh, she's been able to pick it up pretty quick. And uh, one of the other things that she has, you know, kind of content waiting on once we, once she gets the sewing machine in with the, uh, the uh, shipment that's coming. So yeah, that's something that I would eventually like to be able to do. I think it'd be fun. I think that uh, it would be cool to feel like some of the stuff that I was wearing, I was able to just kind of, you know, make that shit myself. And I think that it would open up options too, because like, I've even seen other people do stuff, you know, she's shown me, where people have taken like, you know, curtain material, or just like, you know, large swatches of fabric. I mean, she she's made stuff out of just straight raw fabric that we've gotten. Um, or, you know, like, People fucking take quilts and stuff like that. And like, it, it's cool to, I think the idea that I really like is being able to look at just fabrics or materials and be like, oh, I can make something out of that. And not only that, but part of the utilizing of animals that I want to be able to do is to be able to use um, furs or pelts or skins, hides, whatever, depending on the animal, and be able to turn that into clothing or items. Um, and also being able to do like leather work and things like that. So yeah, I mean, that's not necessarily sewing in all aspects, but that's definitely gonna have to be in a skill that's in the mix of that. So yeah, that'd be cool. All right, one of these other questions, how many pairs of shoes do you own? How many pairs do I own? I have two with me here, I'll say that. Um, but that's because we were over here just with the stuff that we had in our suitcases. Um, own total right now, I've got, let's see, I've got my pair of cowboy boots that I got when we went down to, um, where were we at? Tennessee. Yeah. We went down to Tennessee with my family this past year. Um, I have two pairs of dress shoes, one that's like some Oxford wingtips and then some bomb-ass suede loafers. I have a pair of indoor slippers from Sketchy Tank that are pretty cute. Um, what else do I have? I have a pair of work boots, uh, but I don't really, I don't have any use for them, so I, I kept them back home. Uh, and then I think I've got one or two more pairs of shoes, something like that. So yeah. That's it, that's it. I really don't have a lot. Those are one of those things to where it's like, I went through this real big transition within the last uh, year where, yeah, I guess, yeah, over the last year, where I decided that I didn't wanna wear colors anymore. I just wanted to go to all black. Um, 
if you have picked up on the the regimentation and how that affects my <laughs> my mental state through enough of this and enough of me talking and you realize that I can sometimes be a little bit too robotic uh, that doesn't stop like at any one thing so when it came to clothing I'm very particular about like how I build my um, how I build my outfits and I know that you guys don't really see a whole lot of that because whether through here or on the stream you're always seeing me in just like my sweatshirt you know, my chain and, and my whatever hat I'm deciding to wear. But that's also because, like I said, it's been cold in here. So, like, the last stream that I did last week was the first time because it was in the day that I just wore a T-shirt instead of having a instead of having a sweatshirt on. But, um, yeah, I was always like, you know, this color has to match with this one. And if I wear this and I omit this range of colors and so then I only have these ones that will complement it. And then I have to pick out an accent, third, a third accent to be able to complement that. Which for someone like Abigail is like, she would stress when I would be trying to explain what my thought process was like going through. But then when I look at how Abigail will build her outfits, I see all those things that to me are like clashing or non-complimenting when it comes to colors and stuff like that. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Um, so yeah, for me, for one, I liked the aesthetic of only wearing black, um, I just thought that, you know, it was cool for one. And, and it kind of was more of uh, the style that I wanted to have at this point in my life. I, the colors were kind of like annoying to me at that point, if that makes any sense. Uh, even outside of like, even outside of building the outfits and the frustration that came along with that. Like I got to a point where I was just looking at the stuff that I had and it wasn't like, oh, I'm tired of my clothes. I need new clothes. It was like, I'm tired of seeing colors. Like I'd rather just see black. So for a little bit, I was, um, I was just trying to build that up. You know, like I, I basically, every couple of times that we'd be going out, we were, we were, um, selling off clothes and stuff like that, try to pare down because we knew that we were doing this. And so as we were doing that, we would go and I'd find like, you know, some clothes that some black clothes. And so I'd be like, okay, cool. And I'd pick those up take those with me. And then I got to a point where I was able to just say, okay, it's a little bit of a stretch, but like I can now only wear black if I want to, you know, got a pair of black pants, some shorts, t-shirts, sweatshirt or two. And it was like, this is what I'm doing now. So I basically kept um, doing that for a little bit and only to a very small extent. Like I don't have a very extensive wardrobe because there's other stuff that I can try to spend my money on at this point. But I did get to a, you know, relatively decent size of stuff. Um, but honestly, I mean, most of the stuff that I brought over with me is, uh, there's not a whole lot of clothes that I have outside of that. So, um, yeah, when it came to the shoes and stuff, I had one, one pair I had already had for a while beforehand. Actually, two pairs I'd had for a while beforehand. And then uh, I got these two that I brought here. Uh, which are a pair of Converse and a pair of uh, old school mid-top bands. And uh, I got those when I was trying to build up the, the black shoes or the black wardrobe as a whole. Um, so yeah, I don't have a lot. I had more at one time when I had colors and stuff like that. But some of those, again, were stuff that I'd had around for a long time. I didn't go through my shit as often as I wanted to for a while. Um, yeah. That's that. 
What's your favorite TV show? I don't fucking know. Um, we have a couple go-to shows that are like just stuff that we always fall back on when it comes to, you know, one on like comedy. Um, they are The Office, uh, New Girl. Um, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, new one that's added to that is Seinfeld because uh, I actually hadn't seen that before at all because I thought at one point that I wouldn't have liked it. And uh, that's one of Abigail's go-tos. And so then we just finished it up. And now I, I definitely like it enough that I put it on the same level um, to have that be one that we would go back to. Rick and Morty. Um, but again, like, I guess if I had to save one, it would probably be The Office just because we've gone, like, I've gone back to it so much. I have so much time invested in seeing it. I'm, I'm, see, I was not somebody that did that before, before I was with Abigail. I was not somebody who would go back and, like, re-watch shows like that over and over and over again. I had seen New Girl once, maybe twice, all the way through. Um, I think it was just that, like, when new seasons would come out, I would, like, re-watch up until that point. I had watched The Office through twice, and Rick and Morty was the only one that I had kind of gone back through a couple times, but that's just because I had seen up to a certain point, and then, like, I think when season four was coming out, or five was around the time that I started smoking weed, and so I was, like, smoking while I was watching the new stuff. Maybe, I think it was around when five, maybe a little bit before then. I don't remember. Um... But yeah, I got on the Rick and Morty train kind of late. It was like around season four that I started watching it, I think. Um, so yeah, when I started smoking, I was watching more of that. I still haven't seen season six, which kind of sucks. Uh, I've been waiting for it to come out on uh, Netflix over here because that's what that's what they have it on. Um, that would honestly, I mean, Rick and Morty is one of the ones to me to where like that makes me, that, the first the the new girl except for like the last season to season and a half and the office are what make me consistently like laugh out loud multiple times when i'm watching them. it's always sunny does as well but i also feel like it's always sunny i kind of have to be in the right mood to watch that whereas the other ones are just able to slip into it um but it's always sunny I, i've also i've watched that a, a good amount of times but i wasn't i wasn't the kind of person that did that before abigail came along and then um she had seen The Office and, and New Girl both, like, I don't even know how many times uh, before we hung out, before we were, you know, hanging out with the intentions of dating. And so then I just kind of fell into doing it too. And now we, you know, those are things that just kind of go on sometimes in the background while we're doing stuff. Um, favorite shows outside of that, though, I mean, Peaky Blinders was a big one for me for a long time. Um, I definitely really, really like that show. Vikings as well. I love, love Vikings. That's one that, um, when we're done watching the Queen of the South, which is what we've been watching lately, um, I wanted to, she was wanting me to watch Queen of the South with her, and, uh, I want her to watch Vikings with me after this. So, I'm excited for that, because I haven't seen it since they finished out, and I watched it all the way through this last time. So I am, uh, I don't know how prepared I am to go through the whole thing again, but I'll get there 
Um, yeah. I can't think of anything. I liked House of Cards a lot too. I tried to get Abigail to watch that with me, but we kind of hit a point where I think it was getting boring at times for her. And uh, th although there were some aspects that she really liked of it, then there was other times where it just, I think it kind of like drug on. And so then we also, we hit a point with that one where it was kind of like, it was kind of like we had been away from it for so long that she, we've been away from it for long enough that she felt like she was going to be able to like just slip back into it, but at the same time didn't want to go back and start rewatching stuff to like reacquaint. Um, but I've seen all the way through that. I really like that show. I liked our Ozark a lot. I was sad to see that finish up. Um, but I thought they did all that well. So those are my big ones, I guess. Have you ever changed a tire? Yeah, bitch, I changed a tire. I don't bloody change tires. Yeah, I've changed a tire. I've changed a tire on the side of the road. I have, um, I don't know. I've, I mean, I worked on cars, so yeah, I've done that plenty of times. Why do you always, what do you always buy at the grocery store? That's a weird question. Groceries. Um, I don't know. I, that's a weird, that's, that's a dumb question. What do you fear? Myself. I don't know. I don't, I don't fear a lot of like mortality related things. Um, I know a lot of people are like, aside from the regular, you know, spiders, snakes and all that, which again, like not only do I not fear them, I, I appreciate them a lot. Arachnids and other insects are also stuff that I would like to have at some point. Um, those things don't bother me. The idea of drowning doesn't really bother me. I know that's another big one. Tight spaces, only to an extent. Like if I ever get into a spot where I really cannot move, I think that I get a little bit worried, but I can like crawl on hands and knees and not feel weird about that. Um, I've gotten, I've sometimes been in spots where I've been like, okay, this was not smart. Like this was tighter than I gave it credit for. Um, but no, not really anything outside of that. The, the fears that I do have are like really dumb to some people, but it's all around like, and this is such a fucking guy thing too, but like, I really don't like the, uh, and I can't even necessarily say they're a crazy fear of mine. Cause like, if I have to deal with them, I have to deal with them. Honestly, you know what? I take back what I, I take back what I was going to say. They're not even a fear of mine anymore. I feel like I used to say them, but I used to say like, you know, I was really afraid of anything that had to do with my junk, you know, like kidney stones. I hated the idea of that. And I still, I mean, obviously I'm not going to welcome a fucking kidney stone. I don't wish to have calcium deposits sliding down my urethra and scratching me all along the way. That sounds terrible, but, um, I don't know. I've had, I, I got like a, I got like a UTI one time and I'm, I'm not saying that's exactly what a kidney stone feels like, but like, it didn't feel good. Felt like, you know, there was a couple times where I felt like I just had like, I don't know, something stabbing me from inside up in the tube. And it, that was terrible. It burned when I peed it, you know, like, I don't know, some of the similar stuff to get in some of the similar symptoms to kidney stones. And I don't know. I mean, like I hated it. It sucked. Like I got through it. It was cool. Um, I've had some really powerful shots to the nuts. Uh, whether from when I was just with like immature people, immature guys that thought that was funny or from, um, when I was doing like martial arts stuff, 
So at some point I was saying that I was really afraid for a vasectomy, but like at the same time, I mean, when I gotta get a vasectomy, I'll get a vasectomy, you know? Like, it's never like I'm so debilitated by that fear I'm not going to do it. Um, and there was another one that I was, oh, if I had to get like a catheter, I was always saying that I was afraid of that. But like, again, it's, I think at one time I was just like trying to pick out stuff that freaked me out. And I mean, in a way, yes, those things did freak me out, but not to the point to where I would actually now would say like, oh, I have a, a legitimate fear of those things. So what do I fear? Um, I'll tell, I'll tell you one that I really, and I hate saying this out loud because I feel like it's the people who talk about this that end up having the issue, but I hate the idea of, um, of losing sanity when I get older. I hate the idea of thinking that I would get to a point, not, not like the, um, losing of certain motor skills is not something that bugs me with that. You know, like I, I will have, I will have no problem once I get to a certain age feeling like I have to depend or, okay, I can't say I'll have no problem with that. I mean, obviously it's going to fucking suck to an extent, but like the idea that I will get to an age and have things happen to me that I can't even think about right now that will affect me physically, like that does not bother me a fraction as much as the idea of getting to that age and you're getting to an age where or having something happen to me where my mental capacity and my mental function suffers because of it. That scares the shit out of me. I hate the idea of like, whether it be dementia or Alzheimer's or I don't know, like that kind of shit is really fucking freaky to me. I don't like thinking about getting to a point where my reality is twisted up so bad that I have no idea what the fuck is going on. Um, Cause it's not about relying on people. It's just about like not, not having a sense of self anymore or every sense of self being like thrown into, you know, the past. But at the same time, who the fuck knows? I mean, I don't know. I can say that I'm afraid of it, but like if it happens, it's gonna happen anyways. So like, why the fuck does it matter? That's, that's my thing about the fears is like, there's, uh, yes, I have healthy, amounts of fear at certain times, you know, like if I'm up really, really high, I'm not somebody who doesn't feel like they can go towards a window because they're like, oh my God, I'm up high. But like, I'm also not going to like lean over a railing like other people do and be like, oh, I got to get a picture and like, just lean over. Like that's some shit my dad will fucking do. We'll be out. It's one time we're, we're in, um, uh, outer banks in North Carolina and <laughs> we call up this lighthouse and <laughs> This motherfucker is leaning like <laughs> waist high at the at the railing and he's leaning over to get his phone closer to take like this landscape picture. And I'm sitting my he got him doing that and for one I'm worried like what if I accidentally drop my phone? Like it's fucking done at that point. And two, like the idea that anybody could come along and be like, whoop and <laughs> whether they meant to or not, and I could just whoop go over the edge and go down. That's the thing that bugs us. Like, I can't do that. But then my brother at the time was also like fucking hugged up against the wall, like, and we weren't even that high up. I mean, like, I don't know, 75 feet, hundred feet, maybe it wasn't that crazy high, but, um, yeah, I have healthy fears like that. Like if you've ever been caught out in a riptide, like having that moment where you're getting tired and you haven't been able to touch 
you know, the sand underneath you for a while and you're trying to get back and you're doing what you're supposed to do and you don't feel like you're getting any closer, like, okay, that's a little bit of a healthy fear, you know, but I'm not afraid of, like, I still go out in the water, you know. I don't really know. I, I'm not going to say that I don't have fears because I think that that would be a lie. But I don't know if I could just easily rattle off, like, these are all the things that I have an outward problem with. Because, I don't know, I look at it and say, like, things are going to happen. It doesn't matter whether you're afraid of it or not. Like, shit's going to happen. You just got to keep adapting to it, rolling with it, and probably fucking up a lot of things along the way. But, oh, well, that's the way that I try to look at it. So, okay, well, we are, I think, at that three-hour mark. It's kind of hard to tell because I, I still have to... Um, cut this uh, camera off every once in a while because the battery runs out. So I have an idea that we're around three hours, but we'll go ahead and finish wrapping things up here and, and cut it. Um, if you listen to this whole thing, you're a real one. I appreciate you coming along on this ride with me. Um, I had no idea what I was going to talk about today, and you know what? We made it through. Uh, need a little bit of help there at the end with some prompts online. So Maybe the next time I'll have had a little bit more preparation so we maybe don't have to do that. But yeah, um, you guys got to see some geeky shit from me. You got to hear a little bit of uh, future plans. And uh, then hearing some random shit that I'm opinionated about for no fucking reason. Um, if you want to check out more shit from me, uh, right now what's up is we've got Abigail and Mine's podcast together. That's called The Fuck Dungeon. If you're listening to this, you can listen to that. They're on all the same platforms. Um, so it's spelled just like you think it is. Um, if you would like to see my streaming, you can check out Retina the OTD on Twitch. Um, I stream Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, or sorry, Saturday and Sundays on there. Um, right now what I do is on Mondays, I do a, uh, like a couch multiplayer split screen stuff with, uh, my fiance Abigail. So, um, normally what we, what we've been doing is we like try a new game to try to see if she likes, you know, a new game to add into the mix and then drop back on another one that, um, it's kind of like in that mix of games that she, uh, likes playing. So we do that on Monday. Um... We've done three hours in the past. I think we're bringing that down to two hours now. So probably starting at, um, I think, 8 p.m. Um, Central European time, which is the time zone that I'm in now. So figure out what that means to you. Um, Wednesdays today for me for filming is going to be um, I do my solo stream. So right now I've been doing that on Assassin's Creed Origins, trying to finish that up and get to 100% sync. Um... Saturdays are my Modern Warfare 2 days with Icky and uh, Aiden, and so that's also from 8 to 11. Um, I don't know if I said that for Wednesday, but that's what it is. And then on Sunday, uh, 3 to 6 with Nazi doing some Red Dead 2 online. Um, yeah. And then if you want to go on to YouTube as well, um, I'm, I'm still in the process right now of getting everything up on there. But if you check back on there, it is definitely everything's going up. Once I feel like I have my social media to a point to where I can actually start pushing that as well for you to follow me and all that kind of stuff, 
um, I'll let you know. If you go on to any of those other things, you're going to see the links anyway. So on my YouTube and on my uh, Twitch. So you can follow me on there if you want to. And uh, yeah, I will be back again next week for another probably solo episode as far as I know. But until then, catch you the fuck later. See ya. Bye.